And there we go, everyone. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night Counter-Attack. We are back after our Ramadan hiatus as well. Looking forward to getting into this with everyone because it's been such a long time since I've done a recording on a podcast or anything like regarding like social media or podcast. It's been a great break from uh, football in general, not for Man United because Man United have broken my heart a few too many times during Ramadan, but it is what it is. We're through to the FA Cup semi-final. Uh, we're out of the Europa League. Uh, a month has changed since we've last spoken properly about football. But we're going to leave that to another week as well because this week is a very special week. And the reason why is because we're actually going to be talking about some of the greatest wingers in Premier League history. And we, for the sake of variety, not because of like racial uh, diversification, we're going to be talking about different wingers of different eras and who's got the best top 10 list in Premier League history. So who's going to have the best top 10 list from the Chelsea point of view, from a Man United point of view, and from uh, Spurs point of view as well. So I'm going to introduce everyone. Suki, as always, it's good to see you, my friend. How are we doing after a good few weeks of not podcasting and enjoying Spurs uh, Spurs crumble, basically? How's it been, Suki? Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. thanks, mate. Yeah, good to be back and uh, good to see you back after your Ramadan need. So, uh, yeah, looking thank you, uh, thank you. Looking forward to this one. It's going to be an interesting top 10 list from uh, from all of us. So let's see how it goes. Definitely. It's going to be good fun. I've got some surprise questions in here as well. So I'm looking forward to dropping them. So everyone listens for the surprise questions along the way. Uh, next up, we've got Sani, who's literally like... I'm, Sani, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I did say before the podcast and before you joined, um, I did say you are like literally everywhere on social media right now. You're with every different... Uh, football page on Instagram you're on different YouTube accounts all the time as well with uh, what's that guy's name Gustavo Carnage you're always there with him it's crazy to see how well you're doing and it's good to see you recently hit 500 subscribers on your YouTube channel from your amazing family friendly vlogs (laughs) of going to boxing events wrestling events football events as well so I'm looking forward to it um, today Sonny how have you been my friend it's good to see you no I'm good thank you for that introduction I really appreciate that I feel very humbled we also got a haircut at the same time as well. We both like a hair grow out normally and the same weekend just yeah, just got it done. So it's it's quite listen. Quite a I woke up I woke up and then I've heard that, you know, my man uh, Josh was on the uh, pod Lewis, sorry, was on the podcast and I was like, he's got the bonnet, I need to get rid of mine. It was good. It needs to be done. You know, the second time I'm on this podcast, so in the words of AJ, the first time was so nice, a hair's come on twice. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great category that we're gonna go through, some great, some great guests as well. And I am uh, humbled again to be on this amazing podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Nah, I appreciate it. And we've got an announcement at the end of the podcast as well, Sarnia United to drop, which was going to be good fun. So again, stick around to the end of that as well, which would be great. And last but not least, someone who's just been to Nice, hashtag bars. Sorry, Lewis, I had to get out of there. Uh, Lewis from the Cookie Podcast, and who's been doing really well working with um, the Sideline Podcast. I've been seeing your work, Lewis, and it's been great to see how well you've developed as well. I've just, I just need to hear about your trip to Monaco before we begin our top 10 list. So how was your trip to Nice and to Monaco, Lewis? Yeah, it was really good. Got some really good footage. Really nice, unique stadium. I'd recommend it to anyone. It only holds 16,000, the uh, Stade Louis de, but 100% would recommend. And it was nice to see some some players you wouldn't really see every day. And it was quite cheap. I, I believe my match ticket was only £9 Ooh. to actually go. So it was honestly a bargain. So it was one of them bucket list places for me where I really wanted to go to Monaco. And like I said, I'd recommend it to anyone. And Nice is just as good. And if you can get out there, like I said, I would 100% recommend that stadium. Book at this one. Did you get to see Jim Radcliffe in Nice and tell him that just don't buy Man United because we don't need you at Man United? Or were you supporting his bid to Man United? What were you saying, Lewis? 
Oh no, I want the Glazers to own Man United forever. So oh, for God's I, sake. I, was, I was telling Mr. Ratcliffe <laughs> to just keep your money, mate. Keep your money. And uh, it'll be better in your pocket than with the scum. It's true. Glazers out of the FA Cup semi-final. I love to see it. We've seen it every single game this season. So that's something we'll talk about next week because today I wanted to get back into the swing of podcasting and have a really fun topic. And the, the fact is, and I'll be honest with all of you, I gave you all three suggestions. I may not have given you a suggestion. It's because you responded too late. Um, but I gave everyone three suggestions and everyone gave me three different suggestions on what they wanted to talk about. So I thought, you know what? Let me make a judgment call and let's talk about the top 10 Premier League wingers um, of all time. So how it's going to work for our listeners, just so you stay on track of what we're talking about. We're each going to go from our own number 10s to 9s to 8s, and we're going to go all the way up to number 1. Uh, make your own list as you go along as well, which would be great. And I've got a few curveball questions for everyone as we go along um, this list as well. We're going to go in an order where, well, it doesn't really matter the order because it's not a draft, so it's perfectly fine. We can talk about whoever we want, but there will be some shocks some twists and turns to so stick around to the end of the podcast to see who we have in our top three and what our surprise questions are as well, which is going to be great. Let's start with Suki. Suki, have you prepared properly for this list or are you going to add a little bit? What are we saying? Uh, probably, I don't think I've got the, the right ordering, but I, I think it's all right though, you know, looking at it. So it should be okay. Might might be able to shit has it a bit, but yeah, should, we should be fine, yeah. Do you want That's me to a, start, number 10? Yeah, yeah, we'll go for your 10, then we'll go for Stani's 10, Lucy's 10, and then my 10. So let's see what we've got. Uh, so yeah, Suki, start us off, my friend. What have we got? Cool, so I'm going with a, an old school classic here back in the 90s. The guy with the kind of Lewis's bonnet, to be fair, like uh, Sonny said, is David Ginola, Newcastle mm-hmm. and Spurs, little legend, and infamous chip that he did on Schmeichel against United. Hans, you remember that 5 1? Unfortunately. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it was for Newcastle, <laughs> so it wasn't for Spurs. So I don't have to worry about it. So I su- yeah, I suppose so. But quality player, just ooze class, just the way that he used to glide Miranda around the pitch. Honestly, he was just the elegance to himself. He was just, he was just, yeah, top notch back in that day as well when we used to get studded with those kind of like madass kind of boots yeah but yeah what a player what a player I think with uh, David Ginola as well it was just surprising to see him at Tottenham as well because he was doing so at Newcastle and Newcastle was searching for that league title as well under Kevin Keegan and everyone will remember the um, the Kevin Keegan outburst that he had as well it was like you've got to go to Middlesbrough and get three points uh, what was it he said Sonny I'm pretty sure you've done like a, a recording of this before right when Kevin Keegan was like um, to I will expect- love it if we beat them I will love, love it if we beat them love it and it's just like Go on, Kevin. Do one. You're not. You're not him. You're definitely not him. So they're still fighting for this league, and they've they've still got to go to Middlesbrough. But I tell you what, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. There we go. That's that's what we've got. I'm gonna have that as the intro to the podcast. Everyone's gonna be loving that <laughs> going forward as well. <laughs> it's an awful um, but, accent, but yeah, it is what it is. I'm I'm pretty good at accents, but my one was terrible with Kevin Keegan. Um, but yeah, David Gino is at number ten. Um, Simon, we'll go with you. Who's at your number 10? Who have we got? We're going all the way to Far East Asia. It's the Asian sensation, Hyung Min, Son Aldo, just because of Suki. Listen, I'm going to be giving my age away here, but a lot of these players I've picked are people that I was watching growing up and people basically from like 2005 onwards. I'm going Hyung Min Son. It's mm. an easy choice. 101 goals for Spurs, 50 assists in 262 appearances. So if you look at goals and assists, Per game over a season, it's 0.576, which is pretty good goal. And they, that's, we might as well do it. Why not? Let's can do we all celebration. Do it? Can, can we all do it at once? Can we all do it? It's got to be done, boys. Go. It's got to be done. Thumbnail, <laughs> <laughs> right there. That's <laughs> honestly, honestly, what a player! I think he's hit double digits for, in goals for every season, bar his first one. I think he's on eight or nine this season as well. He had his best season last year when he had 23. Unbelievable player. Scotty speed finishing. 
two-footed as well. Ability is amazing to link up play, especially with um, Harry Kane as well. For me, like I said, he's had periods where a lot of people underrated him. I think last season he's got his flowers. This season he hasn't been the best, agreed. But what a player he has been for Tottenham Hotspur and for the Premier League as well. I'm going to spoil it for everyone and for the listeners as well to say, shamefully, I've not put Hyun Min Son in my top 10 list. Nah, you need to be arrested, mate. <laughs> you need to be arrested for that. I've got that's good reason. Criminal. I've got good reason as to why. There's one or two players that I put over over him as well, and we'll see if that's the right decision or not. Um, mostly because of bias, and I, I'll never forgive um, Hyun Min Son. You know, when he got elbowed by Scott McTominay and he went down like he got shot. There's <laughs> more of a bias in that kind of way as well. But nice choice there for Son, uh, Lewis. Who have you got at your number ten? Yeah, a bit of an old school one, really. Someone who, he wasn't in the league long, but he, he burned bright for the three years he was here before he left for Real Madrid. And the player I've gone for is Iron Robin. Ooh, ooh. I knew you were going to pick him. I yeah. knew you were going to pick him. Good I shout. Just, I just thought he deserved mention. He was in the league three years. The first two, he won the league. The The year Mourinho got sacked after it, he won an FA Cup and then he left for Real Madrid. But like I said, he he didn't burn for long, but he burned bright and he was fantastic for Chelsea with Damien Duff on the other flank, who I'm sure someone will mention at some point. But yeah, Iron Robin, bit of a throwback player and then eventually went to be a bit of a cult hero at Bayern Munich. So yeah, great player. Defining the term robbery was not about robbing someone of their gal, of their money. It was actually of Frank Ribery and Iron Robin. That was the term robbery. Uh, because of Ian Robin as well so great shout there I, I'm liking this as well not everyone's going for just the, the stats and the, the best uh, or whatever it is everyone's kind of throwing their own kind of flavour into these lists and I love it and that's why Hilmi Son isn't in mind number 10 for me I'm I'm thinking a few of you will have him higher on your list but I'm going number 10 for me Sadio Mane I'm going to go for Sadio Mane as number 10 yeah shocks all around as well I think he was an amazing winger that we saw in the Premier League someone who lit up Southampton Football Club, especially when they had the, uh, the players of Grazio Pella, Adam Lallana, Dusan uh, Tadic as well, Morgan Schneider. They had a very good team uh, with Maurizio Pochettino originally as well. Manchester United tried to sign him. Signing, we've spoken about how good Sonia Mane is in the past. Suki we have as well. But I think for me, because I think there's other players on this list, I need to get him in here. And there's so many people that I'm going to be leaving out, which you'll hear out at the end as well. But I'm definitely going for Sadio Mane because of what he did at Liverpool Football Club and how he lit up Liverpool Football Club. And I think he's definitely going to be down in history as one of Liverpool's top 10 best ever players. That's in my personal opinion. I think he's definitely done that, done enough for what he's done. And potentially, if Thomas Tuchel doesn't like him, could we see him move back to Anfield after just one season? What do you think, Lewis? What do you think? I mean, they say never go back, but you're talking to a guy who's had multiple managers come back and multiple players. So I would say never say never, but I would also say for Liverpool to move on and change their identity and maybe evolve a little bit, they shouldn't regress. And I think they should stick with Nunes, maybe add someone as well, because with Gakpo and Firmino leaving now for potentially Barca or Real, wherever he's going to end up, I think that it's exciting, that front three for Liverpool and Jota, if they can keep him as well. I know Newcastle have been sniffing around him. Like I said, it is exciting. And I don't think they should go back, especially with all that that's going on with him at the minute as well. No, definitely. Uh, We'll have to wait and see what happens with Sadio Mane, but uh, hopefully he doesn't punch up Thomas Tuchel before he leaves um, the Allianz Stadium as well. So that was everyone's number 10. Um, Let's change the order now. Sani, let's go with you. Who have you got at number nine? Are we going for another throwback or are we going for something quite recent um, as well, like you did previously with Human Son? Honestly, the player that I was going to go with number nine, you've just said is your number 10, and that is... 
Mane, 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 Sadio Mane. Honestly, what a player. I mean, you've already described, you know, his abilities, his 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 style, what he kind of brought to Liverpool and Southampton as well. Another player every single season, double digits in goals. I think he got, was it 111 goals, 38 assists. Mm. Unbelievable numbers for Liverpool as well. Got obviously the league for them, won the Champions League. Selfless as well. And that's what I really liked about Sadio Mane. Like I know people are going to inevitably, I'd like to think, put Salah in their top 10. But Mane, for me, I loved him as a player because he had that selfless aspect. And I love that as a player. And just watching a footballer like that, who thought of the team before themselves, is something that's very, very underrated. So Sadio Mane, what a player. And um, listen, what Lewis said is completely correct as well. I just don't think Liverpool should go back there. You know, when you've broken up with your ex, you never really get back with them. And when you do, it always ends up in tears as well, like us Man United fans know. So listen, I wouldn't go there. Ronaldo but- shirt. Yeah, I don't know why you're wearing that, but uh, fair enough, each other. But listen, that's what that's what I'm covering the the logo. It's just like an Adidas shirt from the camera, yeah. so it's cool. But listen, what a player, and you know, hopefully it works out from a or wherever he goes after there, because he's a great guy and a great player. I want him to see. I want to see him in Milan. That's why I want to see Sadio Mane next. That'd be cold. And so AC Milan, we've got we've got Mane and we've got Rafael Leal. That would look quite cool, I think. Um, watching that as well, uh, Suki. Where are we going for your number nine? Wow, an interesting one, but I think. He hasn't had that many years yet in the Prem, but he's, he's he's already leaving a bit of a legacy. And that's our guy, Riyad Mahrez. Nine? Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Mate, the, list, the list, when you look at it, when you, t- when you bring in the history, legacy, and what they did and the impact, in terms of even if they were one season wonders, when you look at this guy, you've got to kind of put him towards the bottom. Um, but I, Leicester I mean, City, I, though, at nine? Yeah, but you know what I mean, man. This guy was just again what he did before Algier when he he, he carried him to the Afghan title in 2019, and you've seen what he did for Leicester in that title winning season, and now what he's doing for City, where even when he's on the bench and he comes on, he makes an impact, and he, he's obviously just shredding these obviously left backs apart, right? So I think now with City coming into form, he always then starts turning up. So I think you probably expect him to play against Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, when it comes to like just out and out winger play, he, he's pretty decent and kind of the skill set that he's got um, is, is bar none. And the way that he plays at the moment with City is scary times, right? So, uh, yeah, I've got him down at nine at the moment. It's a bit controversial, but I've, I've got you, you. You'll understand when you go down the list. So I'll keep it short and sweet. Don't worry, I've got Riyad Mahrez at nine as well. I was just, I was just trolling. Is is my number nine <laughs> as well, which is good. I think it was a fantastic player, and it's such a joy to watch in the Premier League era that we've had. Uh, literally consistently year after year we've had Riyad Mahrez doing bits and he's won multiple Premier Leagues I'll never ever forget that season when Leicester were doomed for relegation they survived next season they go on to win the Premier League and that is probably one of the greatest achievements we'll ever see from any club in the Premier League and it was down to Riyad Mahrez uh, Claudio Ranieri N'Golo Kante Wes Morgan Jamie Vardy Kasper Schmeichel whoever but he's definitely going to go down as one of those immortals from the Leicester City team. And that's what I think has kind of done it for Riyad Mahrez being in this list and and having the few players that probably should deserve to be in my list, but won't be because I, I've really liked how Riyad Mahrez has developed as a player. And we see that as well, don't we, guys? In terms of we see players at 24, 25 come in for a little bit, um, don't really turn up in the Premier League and then just move on. We've seen it with someone like Sufjan Bafal. Um, we've seen it countless times as well. Dusan Tadic didn't really make his mark, unfortunately, in England, but he made it in, in the Netherlands as well. But someone like Riyad Mahrez just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow. And I think it's a, it's a testament to him. And especially with Pep Guardiola's sides, who, are, like you said, Suki, Pep roulette merchants everywhere. But in your starting 11 for Man City, you'd always think of Riyad Mahrez on that side as well, just literally changing the game as an inverted winger that we've got. Um, but yeah, Riyad Mahrez is my number nine. I hope everyone, if they, if they can text me um, your list afterwards as well, just so I can get this right in the edit, that would be great um, as well, which would be good. 
Lewis, we're going to go for your number nine. Who have we got? Yeah, bit of a controversial one, but Mares didn't actually make my list, so... Ooh, don't <laughs> worry. No son in mine, no Mares in yours. It's going to get tasty for the listeners. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be a bit controversial, but again, someone who I think for this period of time was very good and did actually play with my number 10 pick, Iron Robin, and that's Joe Cole. It's someone wow. who's been in the league with West Ham, Chelsea... Liverpool and Aston Villa towards the end of his career. So he's had four different clubs in the Prem. He's won two league titles, England international. That goal alone against Sweden gets him in this list for me. And yeah, I think he was quite an underrated player, really. It was a bit of a weird one when he went to Liverpool. I was actually quite gutted when he went there. But I just don't think he ever rediscovered the the form that Mourinho got out of him, which was a shame. But yeah, I think underrated baller, Joe Cole. Yeah, I really liked him as well. I didn't particularly like him when he scored in that 2-1 win at Old Trafford where he flicked it past Edwin van der Sar to make it 1-0 at the Stretford. And that wasn't a, a nice moment for me watching Joe Cole score. And he was just, I think when you see, talk about Wayne Rooney, Sandy would hear about this as well, Wayne Rooney street baller. You'd also think Joe Cole street baller as well with what he's done in the Premier League and especially him at West Ham, early days at Chelsea, the two continuous seasons that he had winning the league. Um, what did you kind of like about Joe Cole the most if you got to appreciate him as well, Sandy? What do you think? It was just his flair. A very, very skillful player. It was a shame, like Lewis said, he was kind of injury-prone at Chelsea, but mm. he brought something different to Chelsea. I know they had, obviously, Damien Durf, Iron Robin, but Joe Cole, he just had that trickery and that flair, which a lot of players, especially when you see English players, they didn't really have. And he brought something different to Chelsea. And I remember there was a couple of games at Stamford Bridge where he scored against us, for example. This was back when we had the Vodafone shirt. Mm. And um, he'd always have these, you know, pick up these great goals in great moments. And like, I mean, I know Lewis mentioned the Sweden goal, but he'd always have it. But like I said, I'll always remember him getting sent off in his debut against Arsenal at Anfield, where I don't know what happened to him, but yeah, that's what I'll always remember him for. So yeah. Anfield at Liverpool, when he was playing for Liverpool, right? Yeah. Roy Hodgson, he wanted Roy Hodgson out straight away, just like <laughs> everyone else at Liverpool. It's like you see that video of Steven Gerrard missing a penalty on purpose against uh, Spurs, I think it was, Suki. And then he's like, yeah, Roy Hodgson, let's get him out of here. Blackburn. Blackburn, that oh, was Blackburn. it, sorry. Blackburn, yeah. Nicely done, nicely done. Um, but yeah, that's everyone's number nine. Good shot there with Joe Cole. Good throwback. And he's definitely someone that I like watching video clips of whenever we see it online, uh, which is great. Number eight. Uh, number eight, you know what? I'll, I'll start with this one. I'm going way back when, when Arsenal, I think, won their first league title in the Premier League. I'm going for someone who I remember being quite afraid of, really. And when you're a child, you're afraid of like footballers like they're literally murderers. Mark Overmars was a murderer. He murdered Gary Neville that day um, when Arsenal won the league at uh, Manchester United and they came back from a 12-point gap. And I think he's just someone where you when you kind of just remember names. It's like when you remember certain names from your childhood or footballers and you're like, oh yeah, nostalgia, but for a bad reason. And that's literally it. PTSD with Mark Overmars watching how well he was as a footballer. He had better days elsewhere, kind of like with Arjen Robin, to be fair as well, like Lewis explained. But for me, the short stint that he had in the Premier League with Arsenal, you had Nicholas and Nelka up front, you had a young Patrick Vieira, young Thierry Henry coming in a couple of seasons afterwards, Dennis Burkamp. But Mark Overmars was a catalyst in turning Arsenal into a counter-attacking, fluid thinking side under Arsene Wenger, changing from their old ways as well. Realistically speaking, he could go down as one of the greatest Dutch players we've ever seen in the Premier League. But because he was there for such a short period of time, a lot of people won't remember him of how well he did as well. But uh, realistically speaking, I can't have a list of best wingers without showing my faith and my appreciation and my respect really for Mark Overmars and how well he did as an Arsenal winger. And he won't be the last Arsenal winger in my list. I can tell you that. So stick around to see who we've got later on. Uh, but yeah, Mark Overmars is my number eight. 
Suki, where are we going with your number eight, my friend? I'll keep it short. So we, it's actually Sadi Omane. Um, and what I'll say here is again, like you say, Sadi was saying, when you, when you see him on the team sheet, any right back that was it, you're shitting bricks. So it's it's one of those where you're like, you know what, it's going to be a long day for me, especially for the nine minutes, because he's going to be pressing you right to the to the way, right? Uh, but just a quick one, I was hoping Salim would be actually be on the pod today because I was going to put a stat for him because he scored the quickest hat trick against Villa That's when he villain. was at St Mary's. So yeah, I was hoping he was going to be here so I could I could rub it in his face. But yeah, I mean, what a player, man. But um, I think he's left a bit of a legacy with that kind of local team. It's a bit of a shame that they didn't get to win a lot, which is a good thing for us. Uh, but yeah, brilliant player. I saw a video the other day, and I think Lewis will like this one, of how Liverpool's greatest Premier League era was equivalent to Chelsea's banter era of winning every single trophy. But Chelsea won the league under Conte. They won it under Mourinho. Won an FA Cup under, um, I think they won it under Tuchel, but and, and they won the Europa League under Sarri as well. And that was the same kind of time of when Liverpool's greatest era under Jurgen Klopp, the greatest team in the world, could only do these certain things as well. So it shows the quality, depth and quality from Chelsea compared to Liverpool as well. So crazy to actually think about that as well. I don't like how Man United aren't even in that conversation. We're just so bad. We're just so, so bad. We're getting better though, Sarri. We're getting better. Uh, which is the case. Sonny, who have you got at your number eight? Well, it's, it's an interesting one. I know we've got Suki on the podcast. You know, part of his name is called Suk and in Punjabi, that means happiness and he's going to be happy with this one. Some people might call him Mr. Frail. I call him Gareth Bale because honestly, that season that he had in 12-13, oh my God. Unbelievable. Like the compilations. I was in school. I still remember that season. I was like, I want him at Man United. I know we tried getting him. Obviously, he went to Real Madrid. But listen, what a player he was. That season, he tore it up for Spurs. I know we can talk about what he'd done at, for Spurs in the Champions League against Mike where he basically destroyed him. But that 12-13 season, if you guys haven't seen Gareth Bale that season, because I know people talk about how he's always injured and he never played for Real Madrid, but just check that season out. He was doing everything for Spurs. He's the reason they nearly made top four. And it's a shame that when he did come back to the league, I mean, I know he got 11 goals in 20 games. He got that Patrick as well. But that first stint at Spurs, he went from a left-back to a winger and he just tore it up. And what a player Gareth Bale is. One of the best British players of all time as well, might I add. That's what, that's what I'm going to go to with this one as well. So we're going to have a, a conversation. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to ask you guys now. Yes or no, Gareth Bale, greatest British winger of all time. What do you think? Agree. Mm, probably. So one probably. It's tough. It's tough, but probably. In terms of acc- accolades, unbelievable. Mm. just doesn't... It's just Giggs had that consistency, didn't he? Uh, of attacking women. Wait, wait, did, Giggs, did Giggs do it for Wales, though? That's the, that's the other question, do you know what I mean? I mean, he yeah, did, but he's playing with Robbie Savage, so... Hey, but, mate, he went to the Euros, went consistently to a World Cup, do you know what I mean? Giggs was Champions a... League wins as well. He did True, dunk yeah. on Joe Hart as well, uh, which is crazy. Lewis, what do you think? Bale, greatest British winger of all time? I think so, and I think it's just because... One, my hatred for Liverpool, that goal in the Champions League final, what that actually might be the best goal I've ever seen live. I, genuinely, it might be. And the, the oh, goal okay. the Coppel Del Rey and the oh. fight. I, I really don't like Ryan Giggs as a person. Trying to separate that from his actual footballer and ability because let's, let's be real, he was fantastic as a footballer. And when you talk about longevity, yeah, Giggs is there. But I think Bale, for what I like in a football player, like skill, pace, power... Yeah, Bale for me. I'll never forget Gareth Bale's last-minute winner at Upton Park as well when he goes and hugs Andre Villas-Boas and he just, he has that little turn, that little shimmy, 90th minute, he just whacks oh. it top corner. I was just kind of there. Like I think 
I was just kind of there, like, you just got to appreciate him. And especially because I'm from North London as well, got loads of Spurs friends who are fans of Gareth Bale, still to this day as their favourite ever Spurs play, even more than Harry Kane, Human Son, etc. But for me, Gareth Bale was just the epitome of hard work, hard work and hard work. And I absolutely adore watching his goals, um, his assists. But mostly the fact that um, when you got to see him in his prime, like we did at, at Real Madrid, you could also remember how he actually brought Spurs up in certain games as well, in FA Cup games, getting them to semi-finals and finals, seeing them compete for top four consistently was because of that Modric, Van der Vaart, Gareth Bale axis that you kind of had at Spurs at the time. And it was really enjoyable to appreciate and to see. Um, fortunately for Spurs, it didn't last very long, so I got to enjoy it for a little bit, but not for a long period of time as well. But that's what happens with Gareth Bale. It happened with that random partnership that Spurs and Real Madrid had. And like, for some reason, you got... You got Regulon over a couple of years and they got Gareth Bale and Luka Modric. So it is what it is, Suki. But no, Gareth Bale, excellent shout for your number eight, was it, Sani? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Lewis, have you said your number eight? Lewis, are you on mute? I'm like, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's all good. Yeah, no worries. So, yeah, someone who has already been mentioned, he is in the 100 Club, Son. He definitely deserves a mention. I think he is the only winger to be in the hundred club. Correct me if I am wrong there, but that is that is an achievement. You've got you've got he, another you've got another winger in the hundred club as well. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, what one that's currently playing in a very questionable country. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so, no, 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 one that's playing at a very questionable club, I should say. Oh right, a, cl- a club, a club in <laughs> West London, a club playing in what? blue. <laughs> but no, a club that you support, Lewis. <laughs> But yeah, no, Son, especially with with Spurs not competing for anything major recently and for him to get 100 goals in such a short space of time and setting that record with Harry Kane, I thought he definitely deserves to be in the list. And like I said, it's incredible. And I believe he is the the first Asian footballer to be in the 100 Mm. club. Am I right there? Definitely. So yeah, he's a trailblazer as, as well as someone that's promoting the game in this country for South Korea. So credit to him. Nicely done. Yeah, absolutely love Hoon Song for what he's done. Still hating for that that diving antics against Man United. So that's why it's not in my list. And I still got a grudge with that. Only gonna social was like, yeah, if he was my child, not getting any food. So only only gonna social, I'll back you with this one as well. Uh, which is good. Salty, salty mate. That's what you are, salty. Six one. For, for, yeah, I, I'm forever salty about that season. That was not a nice season when you had Jose Mourinho and you you, you dunked six on us at Old Trafford. Lockdown season, but still it was very painful as well. I must say, you better hope Marcus Rashford's not listening in. You know, you're talking about you're not going to feed his kids or whatever. Like, he's not going to be a happy bunny at all. <laughs> oh, Marcus is going to hate me. He's going to be like, get that shirt off. You don't belong. You don't belong to Man United fans anymore. It's a disgrace. Uh, speaking of disgrace, we're going to number seven. Uh, number seven, I think it's disgraceful for me to have him so low on my list, but I'm going to put him in at number seven. It's Gareth Bale. Um, just realistically speaking, I think there are better wingers that we've had for a longer period of time, especially because Gareth Bale had been in the league for a longer period of time, but playing it out of position. When he was a winger, he was phenomenal. He was a phenomenon that we got to enjoy at Spurs, just like we spoke about earlier. But one of my favourite memories, like I mentioned against West Ham, one, an, a, one of my worst memories of Gareth Bale was when he comes to Old Trafford, um, Sir Alex Ferguson in the pre-match press conference says, oh, we've got to be wary of Christian Bale. Bro, who's Christian Bale as a footballer? He's talking about oh, the Dark Knight Rises actor as well, Batman. He's talking about Patrick Bateman. Careful of like, him as well. Yeah, he was talking, he, he probably would be a sick winger as well, Christian Bale. Shout out Christian Bale, you know. Saw, saw you at a premiere and you, you didn't even sign my poster. Not a fan, not a fan of you, Christian Bale. Ben Affleck's a better Batman. 
that's another podcast entirely. But yeah, Gareth Bale dunking on, I think it's Tom Cleverley and Rio Ferdinand in the first half at Old Trafford, running from halfway line, going through, slotting it past. I think it was the young David Day or Andres Lindegaard. Sandy, you may know if you do correct me, please. But it was like 2-0, losing to Spurs at halftime. And normally, normally when we lose 2-0 to Spurs at halftime, it comes into a 4-2 or a 5-2. We come on and we have a riot. But for the first time, we didn't. We lost 3-2 at home to Spurs. And it was down to the the incredible genius of Gareth Bale, of what he's done in the Premier League and what he did. And for that, for him to be in that final season, of Andre Biosfoas getting high with Spurs, uh, higher in the table with Spurs, was because of his hard work, his ferocity that he had as a winger but Gareth Bale was my number seven um really happy about everything we said about him I think we all kind of like him as well so uh nicely done there with my number seven Lewis where are we going with your number seven yeah so my number seven a player that you know very well Hams a guy that was at United for eight years a man by the name of Nani he still is currently Ooh. playing oh I think Ooh. when you're talking about underrated ballers people that they burned bright and this guy did burn bright. I remember in an FA Cup game, he, he did about, I think it was seven or eight kickups and then started juggling it with his head. <laughs> against Arsenal, against yeah. Arsenal. And again, that is everything I love in football, just seeing stuff like that and players from different backgrounds and different cultures coming and doing stuff like that in, in England where that's a bit taboo and you will just get nailed in a tackle. But yeah, like I said, eight years in the Prem, Sir Alex Ferguson bought him and he doesn't buy shit players. So... He buys people for the right reason and to compliment people. And he won four league titles. I'm not saying that he was pivotal in all of those four, which he wasn't. But like I said, Fergie doesn't buy shit players and he was around for a long time for a reason. So yeah, a bit of an underrated baller, Nani. And assisted that goal for Rooney against City. So forever in Premier League history. The, the, the one thing I always mention about Nani is he scored an amazing goal in that game as well. But it's the most forgotten about goal in Premier League history from the big games because of Wayne Rooney's amazing overhead kick as well. It's literally like one-on-one with Hart and he just dinked him. One-nil, first half, great goal from Nani as well. And um, that season when we won the league as well, when we had no Ronaldo, no Tevez, uh, Dimitar Berbatov and Wayne Rooney had his whole little contract incident, Nani was holding it down for us as well. Um, that's one of the reasons I still have that 19th title win shirt because he was holding it down for us. Him and Ryan Giggs were on the wing. He was just kind of getting these last minute clutch goals where he could. And everyone loves a long range screamer. Whatever football club you support, you will always love when people score from long range goals, even just neutrally watching it. And then he brought that with every single season that he was in as well. Scored an amazing goal against Tottenham to, uh, his, I think it's his debut goal against Tottenham, 89th minute or something like that. Old Trafford, Stratford end. Then he come, comes up with his amazing celebration with his three, four somersaults that I think only Lewis could probably do on this podcast. I, I don't know about your acrobatics, Arnie, but how, how, do you, how do you reckon you could do in terms of your acrobatics? Do you reckon you could do the nanny celebration? I'm no Luar Luar. I've got absolutely no chance. I need to lose his belly before, like, before I can even do any of those. There. Jesus Christ. I need to see Lewis do that. Imagine his locks just like, you know, waving in the hair as he does that. I want to pay to see that. I mean, it was gracious when I when I could see. I, I I heard about it in Miami. It may have been one of those like sob stories that we heard when we were like, oh, did you see Lewis do a somersault on, on the beach? I was like, I don't know if it's true or not. So only Lewis will know if, if, if it happened or not. But we'll keep that on the we'll keep that on the quiet. What happens in Miami stays in Miami, which is good. Um, but yeah, great shout with Nanny there for your number seven. Suki, where are you going for your number seven? I mean, I was going to say, Lewis, that is a great shout with Nani. I didn't have him in my top 10, but I regret it now, now that you've said <laughs> it. Because I used to watch that guy in 2011. 
doing what Ronaldo did on the left-hand side to do on the right-hand side, cutting and bury it with his left foot, especially the new Adidas Pures that, that he had Ooh. those F50s. was sensational. Mm. Remember blue, pink, yellow? Blue and yellow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you used to be excited just watching this guy, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I humbly regret not putting him in my top 10 now. <laughs> I regret that big time. Uh, but for my number seven, I think it's more of a nostalgia pick for Tottenham, is uh, Aaron Lennon. Um, this guy... Longevity. years old. Longevity, 16 years old, buying them from Leeds back when they had their kind of their famous, uh, well, yeah, again, their famous academy with like James Milne and everyone else and Rio. But watching him play on the right wing and just tear every apart with that pace that he had was just just something else. And I mean, when you think about Tottenham back in that day, like 08, 09, the counter attacking football, the speed of how we could transition from defense to to attack, which is absolutely frightening, right? So every time that guy used to get the ball, you'd, you'd be on your burners. So, and that's yeah, what I, we I, love that, about wingers as well. So that's the thing. You had that with Bale. You had that with uh, Lennon either side, just consistently going, going, going. He took out David exactly. Bentley from the side as well. It just that's that's why he's done so well in the game, Aaron Lennon. Big respect to what he's done uh, for England and for Spurs as well. Great. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, he, he used to terrorise left-backs as well. And it's another one kind of like what you said about Sadio Mane, where when you look at someone on the team sheet, you know you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to run. So uh, he's, he's one of those picks. But again, more of a nostalgia pick for me as, as being a Spurs fan. No, excellent shot there as well for your number seven. Sonny, you're finishing off with your number sevens. Have we got a number seven at your number seven? We do have a number seven at number seven. He Ooh. is the Chilean dream, Alexis Sanchez, baby. Alexis Sanchez, oh, what a player, honestly. I know he didn't really work out from a Man United. PTSD. He, really, he didn't start off well with the piano promo that we were doing. He didn't know Ludovico Einardi or Beethoven. I don't know what the hell we were trying with that, but listen, what a career he had, especially at Arsenal. Came, I'm going to say burst onto the scene, but it burst into the Premier League that first season, 16 goals, next season, 13. Then the season before he left, he got 24 goals in the Prem. Unbelievable stint. It's a shame that Arsenal didn't win more trophies during that period when they had him and Ozil. Mm. But Alexis Sanchez, what a player. Like I said, didn't work out for Man United, but those couple seasons at Arsenal, he was electric and he was definitely one of the best players in the league at that time. I, this is where my first question comes in because you've name-dropped Alexis Sanchez. Here, we're going we're gonna to go for it now. Start bench cell, Sadio Mane, Eden Hazard, Alexis Sanchez. Three great left-wingers of the last 10 years in the Premier League. Who's going where? Um, you know what, Sonny? You brought up the question of well, you brought up Alexis Sanchez. Where are we going with this one? Oh god, that's a tough one. I'm probably going to put him on the bench. Who's on the bench? Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez on the bench. Oh, it's a tough. This is a very, very hard one because they're all impact <laughs> players. <laughs> mm. Um, this is all about preference. I'm going Sanchez bench, Hazard start, Mane sell. Ooh, you'd sell Mane, Lewis. How about you? I know, I know who you're going to start, but who are you going to bench and who are you going to sell? What are we saying, man? You're on mute again. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty obvious for me. I think Eddie Hazard's going to start. I think Mane's going to be on the bench. And unfortunately, Sanchez, although I do really like you, Sadio Mane's just going to be better off the bench for me, mate. That's crazy. It's a, it's, it's a crazy dynamic because I feel like for the first time in a long time, no, one, no one's answers is wrong. Just like what Sani said, it's just all about preference. Suki, what's your preference? Same as Lewis, mate. I mean, if there's one player you're going to put on that side in 11, it's Hazard because you know he's going to absolutely terrorise people. So you, you've got to put him straight on there. But yeah, Sanchez is so don't like him, scum. So get him out. Sanchez isn't there as well. Yeah, I'd probably go start Sadio Mane, bench Alexis Sanchez, sell Eden Hazard. What? Yeah. 
What the fuck? This guy. <laughs> this, this guy. This guy has got random loyalties. And no one. Bro, what are you smoking, man? <laughs> it's what happens when you've been fasting for 30 days. You have clarity of mind on some things and then your mind just goes waving on other things. Nah, that's nice. Nice. fast for another 30 days, man. Like, I, seriously. I, I was going to say, I was going to say, I was going to say, this is this is the start bench show if we did it in 2023. That's how. That's what I was going to say. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So if we were to do it in the current times, Monday would start. Uh, Sanchez would be benched for his season that he's having at Marseille. And Eden Hazard just hasn't played for like the last two years at Real Madrid. Big fall off there as well. Um, but no, honestly, it'd probably be like start Hazard, bench Mane, sell Sanchez because of the PTSD he brought to Manchester United uh, in the Premier League as well. Right, so that's everyone's number sevens done. I'm looking forward to seeing what we have coming up next on our number sixes. So Lewis, start us off with your number six. I really like that pick that you had from Nani. Um, where are we going now for your number six? Yeah, not a problem. So for my number six, like I said, I'm trying to be impartial. I'm trying to spread it out as much as I can. And I'm trying to do it as how impactful that person has been for that team. But for my number six, I have gone for Gareth Bale. And mm. I know he's already been said, but that player of the year season where Tottenham didn't win anything and he still won player of the year just says it all. The fact that how good he was that year and obviously he earned that move to Real Madrid and it's a shame for him personally he didn't win anything with Spurs because then he, he potentially would have been higher up this list and obviously he went back to the, oh I do apologise um, and yeah he did go back to Spurs and stopped um, stopped Chelsea from fucking up the top four so I will be ever forever grateful for that Gareth but yeah I think I think that some of the goals you could reel the top 10 that year alone for Gareth Bale and what a great player and that that game in the San Siro where he was left wing I know it's not Premier League related but that's one of the best individual performances I've ever seen in my life so yeah I'm a huge fan of Gareth Bale one 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 more moment on Gareth Bale was when he scored that amazing volley against Stoke um, yeah. literally when he just in that grey and black shirt I think it was so he just crossed it in opposite corner amazing if if YouTubers were watching that at the time, they're probably like, oh, we have to try and recreate it because it's such a good goal. People try and recreate the Pavard goal in the World Cup, but they should try and re- recreate that Bale goal. Top bins, top corner. Amazing finish it was um, as well. So Gareth Bale is your number six, Lewis, correct? You're on mute again. Correct, mate. Yeah, Gareth yeah. Bale, number six. And like I said, player of the year that year as well. So, uh, Nicely done. Uh, good stuff with, with Gareth Bale as well. Have we all mentioned Gareth Bale now? Or is are you going to have him higher? Or have you left him at your I'll list? Him higher, yeah, I've got him higher than that, yeah. We're going to see where Suki puts Gareth Bale. Stick around for that one as well. Uh, my number six is Alexis Sanchez. We've just heard about how well he did for Arsenal as well. Amazing player. I personally think he's probably one of the top three Emirates players that we've seen at, at the Arsenal as well. Uh, what a fantastic start to the career he had in, in England as well. We, we've heard it from Sani earlier as well. But what really I enjoyed about Alexis Sanchez for Arsenal was the fact that when I went to watch Man United versus Arsenal at Old Trafford, I was excited by watching Alexis Sanchez more than any other player on the pitch. And we had Di Maria at the time, we had Rooney at the time. But I was like, Alexis Sanchez is just killing us. He's killing us, killing us, killing us. And we could do nothing about it. And then the next season at the Emirates, when I think Arsenal were looking to get the title, they I think they won 3-0 at the Emirates as well. And he was just killing us, killing us and killing us. And that's what Alexis Sanchez was. He was a killer. He was a mercenary in, in the contract negotiations, but he was a killer on the pitch and he was amazing um, to watch as well. And for a lot of people now, they'll always say, oh, I preferred Hazard, I preferred Sanchez. But 
What I really appreciate about Alexis Sanchez the most was the fact that he did it in a lower quality team. With no disrespect to Arsenal at the time, they were a low quality team than Chelsea. Um, when you're looking at Eden Hazard, the team is built around him. When Mourinho kind of left and Conte came in with that 5-3-2 system, changed it after a couple of games. I think he changed it after Arsenal demolished Chelsea um, at the Emirates. Cor uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Lewis, as well, but I think it was one of those 3-0 wins where Arsenal had, and then afterwards it was a 3-5-2, but it allowed Eden Hazard to flourish, um, which we'll talk about later on when, when he surely comes up in one of our top threes as well. But Alexis Sanchez was always there for the team, for Arsene Wenger as well. He was always there to benefit from the system, working with Meza Ozil. I personally think, this is just my opinion, I reckon if Arsene Wenger had signed Cesc Fabregas that season as well, when he refused Arsenal, Arsenal would have been a lot higher and they would have built themselves a lot higher with Fabregas, Ozil, an informed Aaron Ramsey, we have to say, an informed Aaron Ramsey, and Alexis Sanchez as well, because they did have like Podolski, Lucas Perez, Olivier Giroud as their strikers. But I've got, I've got to appreciate Alexis Sanchez for what he did at Arsenal. Um, I always remember the fact that when he came to Man United, there was an official picture on the Man United um, social media page of me looking quite glum behind Alexis Sanchez against Wolverhampton Wanderers. So I've always got that as my memory with Alexis Sanchez when he crossed in the ball and failed to hit the first man. So 350k a week, but he can't cross the ball at Man United. So Alexis Sanchez, everyone. That's my number six. Sunny, we're going on your number six. Are you going to hit a six for this one and hit a six with your suggestion, really? Of course, I'm going to be going with Raheem the Dream Sterling, because this boy is cash money. Honestly, what a career he's had. I mean, he won four league titles in five seasons at City. He had that patch where, like, when they won the league to the last season, or where he obviously was at City, where I think he scored, like, nearly 100 goals during that period. Mm. He was creative. He was the big reason why they'd done so well. He was a creative outlet. He eased the burden off Aguero as well. And obviously, I know he had this start at Liverpool. He had that contract issue where he wanted to leave. Everyone said, oh, 50 million is too much. He's not worth it. He definitely proved his worth at Manchester City. And listen, he, he can sometimes be, you know, wasteful with his finishing. But overall, he has been magnificent for the Premier League. And yeah, I know Lewis is a Chelsea fan. He hasn't really worked out too much at Chelsea. But he's still a great player. And what he's achieved in the Premier League cannot be understated whatsoever. So I'm going Raheem Sterling at number six. Nicely done. Um, you've, you've named what Raheem Sterling so there's my next question David Beckham or Raheem Sterling who's who's the greatest winger um, in English who's, it, who's the greatest English winger in Premier League history well the thing is I didn't really see much of David Beckham in the Premier League because he was obviously before my time but if you look at mm. his numbers and what he achieved I'm pretty sure he was top three Ballon d'Or as well David Beckham yeah you can't underestimate like what he actually achieved um, it's got to be David Beckham that cross that he had you I know, you know, you've got goal-scoring wingers and, you know, more creative wingers, but at the end of the day, a winger's bread and butter has always been crossing and he was amazing at that and impact was great. But listen, I'm going to allow Suki and Lewis to take you on this one because they probably got to see David Beckham. I'm just talking purely from like what I've read and what I've seen in terms of YouTube clips. So, yeah. Lewis, David Beckham wait, already. Wait, sorry, how old are you? Wait a second. How old are wait, you, bro? Are we allowed to drop your government name? Yeah, you're going to drop it, 23, 23. Oh my goodness, I feel old, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. I see. I see. Why is he saying that? For was a bit weird. I was He was like back in your day to the three of us. Oh, no, no, I just day, that. like you talking about Ginola. I was like, I've only seen him on like Sky Sports when he's talking about Spurs or Newcastle. Bro, I think you like the same age as us. I was like, how's he not seen him? It was like, come on, it was like a classic goal that watching Premier League years, man. Bloody hell. <laughs> That's the only reason I know half of these players like, as well from the back in the day. <laughs> 
the, the beard is misleading for a 23 year old it's crazy <laughs> yeah, I think it is yeah definitely definitely uh, Lewis what we say David Beckham or Raheem Sterling who do you think is the better winger yeah I fully deserve so yeah I'm going to have to go Sterling just because I consider Ooh. Beckham more of more of someone that just not necessarily a winger but someone that hugged the touchline and would, would cross from deep whereas it my interpretation of a winger what I look for I think Sterling is someone that again is associated with that one touch finish someone who's associated with finishing off a move whereas David Beckham is associated with starting off the move whether that be dead ball or just switching play with Bex could finish I'm letting you know Bex could finish he was oh yeah yeah especially from dead ball as well and obviously he's got the technique and like I said I think Beckham's the man for starting the moves and Sterling was the man for finishing off the moves and still is really but yeah two different players but for what I'd need in in the modern day could Beckham really hang in the day of modern day wingers where you do really have to be quite fast in the Prem now? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And uh, Suki, complete it. Beckham or Sterling, who do you think is a better English It's got to be Beckham. I think when you think about someone that had more of an impact and he was kind of the face of a team, it was always Beckham. I think Sterling's never been that. When you look at City, again, City's a bit of a different dynamic because it's more the team cohesiveness of how they operate there's not a single player yeah. that kind of stands out but I think you've seen that with Haaland this year but just in terms of back in the 90s now that I'm showing my age now <laughs> when you watch Beckham play he was obviously that, at that point in that day and age he was that kind of Ronaldo winger at that time he was the most exciting he's the one with the flashy boots with the skill um, and I think he had more of an impact and you think about it the, the way that they used to play with them might have footballs don't you remember Lewis it used to be rock solid so <laughs> trying to kick more with those from dead balls was, it was an easy task so I think for, for me Beckham I think it's just more of an impact when it came to, to the English game over Sterling yeah nah, fair enough everyone's got a nice little thing to say about speaking that well. of impact the one thing Sterling will never have is a film named after him because Bender Like Beckham is one of the best films that Britain has ever produced I don't give a shit what anyone thinks <laughs> Oh my days! It, last year it was the 20th anniversary of Bendit Lie Beckham as well, and there was oh, a documentary oh, on yeah, BBC. Yeah, 20th anniversary, and um, my friend was in it as well, and she's like talking about how well um, it did for not just British Asian culture, but for British culture in general, getting people to introduce women into sport as well. And it's so nice to see how well people have been impacted by that film as well. So nice shout out there, Sonny, um, for your number six, Raheem Sterling, and definitely Bendit Lie Beckham as well, uh, which is crazy. So has everyone said their number six? I've lost track of who we've done. Suki, oh, you I think it's just me left. Yeah, it's it's for me. It's Son. So again, Tom. you guys are spoke learning about him. So I probably won't kind of add to that. I think you. I mean, you're the Spurs fan. Go for it. Go for it. What's your favorite? I mean, what's your favorite? I've got a question for you then. From your Go time going to White Hart Lane and the new yeah. White Hart Lane, what's your favorite Son memory or your Son goal? So what's what's the biggest one that you think you've seen? Oh, it's got to be against Arsenal when we beat him three 0 I think it was just again the goal was shit. It was just a tapping. But I think when you when you look back on it and the videos that I've got, it was just absolute scenes. And it was our first kind of real derby that we had with, against them at, at the stadium before we had like COVID and the lockdown. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when he scored that third goal, it was just absolutely chaos, man. And I think I was in the standing, the freestanding stand on the south stand, and I fell over. Yeah. So yeah, you can imagine how much he, how much he meant. Limbs. I mean, when you look at yeah, limbs, absolutely. literally. <laughs> but when you watch him in just in general a, a guy that again like Sonny said he's, he's both footed he's clinical and you'd always put your mortgage on him to bury a chance one on one I guess he's he's kind of fallen off but I think that's just around system dynamic of how he's played in tactics with Conte he's kind of nullified him uh, but when you when you actually watch him live he's just yeah sensational as they say 
He's actually sensational as well. I've seen him. I've been fortunate to watch him quite a few times at Old Trafford as well, mostly on the losing side, which is great. Uh, but realistically speaking, when he does play against a certain winger, uh, as a certain winger, um, he tends to take on our fullback quite a lot. And even though Arouan Basaka has some recent praise uh, for Matoma, for Grealish, whoever he's faced against, he has struggled against Hume and Song in recent times as well. So especially Diogo Dalo has as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this week, Thursday, when Spurs play against Manchester United as well. Um, but yeah, great shout there for your number six. We're into our top fives now. So this is going to be, this is going to be joyful. Um, I'm going to start us off. I'm going to go for um, someone who I think, I, I think you'll, 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 you'll hate me for putting him number five, but this is just down to personal preference who I've got in my top four. I'm going for Eden Hazard, number five. Eden Hazard, number five, mostly because I, I, I just hated watching him. I hated watching him because he was just that guy that would just, you know how I like with Thierry Henry, he would ruin my childhood. Eden Hazard ruined my adulthood basically with how good he was. He was an amazing footballer, absolutely joyful footballer to watch as well. And Lewis will know how much it was amazing to watch Eden Hazard in all different systems at Chelsea. Realistically speaking, I just love watching him when he wasn't playing us because he was so difficult. There's that iconic goal against West Ham United as well when he goes for a few different players, a young Declan Rice, bags at top corner there's also that iconic goal which ended Tottenham Hotspur's title race um, I think it's in that 4-2 game as well amazing battle of the bridge and Eden Hazard just uh, just tops it off with an amazing goal as well but realistically speaking Eden Hazard was someone who actually did burst onto the scene in that first season where Chelsea were European champions um, and then he left the season just before they became European champions as well so there could be a, a hidden message in there for why Chelsea have won the Champions League before and after Eden Hazard has arrived but there's there's someone in my top four who I think gets a lot he gets overlooked a lot. I'm gonna say he's one of the most underrated wingers um in Premier League history. Um but over to Eden, Eden Hazard, I know he'll get higher than for a lot of people, but I very much enjoyed him as well. Uh, number five, Eden Hazard for me. Uh Lewis, are you gonna join us for another podcast after I just lambasted your boy, Eden Hazard? I hope I hope this doesn't end our friendship, my friend. No, it doesn't, but we'll we'll put this one down as charity work. We'll put this down as charity work then. Just uh, for that one, hands. That's okay. Who have we got at number five for you? Uh, yeah, so someone we've already spoke about, so I'm not going to speak too much about him. But yeah, Raheem Sterling. Ooh. I think the the numbers they don't they don't lie, and four league titles in five years, and being a part of that City squad where, as we're seeing right now, can put a run together and can put the fear of God into anybody. So I think that everybody at Man City has to compliment each other personally and. I think for him to be selected as a Pep Guardiola player and to survive that transition from Pellegrini to Pep, and I think that yeah, Sterling, the the best of him in a Chelsea shirt is yet to come, and I think he's really underappreciated for his England work as well. I think that in the past, I want to say two major tournaments, he's been one of England's better players. Definitely in the the home Euros, he was one of our better players for sure. Absolutely. And there was people questioning even whether he should go because he wasn't playing week in, week out for City. So, yeah, I think when Sterling retires, I think a lot more people will say that he's underrated. But I'd say fifth all time whilst having a 10-year Prem career with City, Chelsea and Liverpool is, is pretty good and he's not doing too bad for himself. People forget he's still under 30 as well. He started when he was 17 years old in the Premier League as well. It goes to show how well he's done in the 10 years that he's had in the Premier League, which is great to see. But yeah, nicely done for your number five at Raheem Sterling uh, that we've got right there. Sani, let's go with you. Who have you got on your number five? Mm, Is it going to be a Mambo number five? (laughs) 
I got five on it. I don't know why I'm singing. I can't even sing. The glass is going to break in my room. But listen, this guy, quality player, bit of a vintage baller. I got to see, you know, a little bit of him when I was younger. Uh, the Frenchman, Robert Perez. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, great player, honestly. Underrated. He was great for Arsenal. Obviously, he had that great chemistry with Ashley Cole and Henri. Was part of the Invincibles as well. Won two league titles, 62 goals, 41 assists. Pretty good numbers. He was that winger that got you goals, but also created as well. Didn't have shearing pace, but he was, yeah, exactly. But he was very, very technical. And I loved that as a player. And um, yeah, like I know he came back to, to Villa for a, for a season. Salim will probably remember that. I know he's probably listening in. He probably didn't has. Really... His, he probably has his Robert Pires. Yeah, he probably does. He's probably thinking he was going to get the old one, but he didn't. He got the uh, the vintage one, the uh, the pensioner one. But it's Trust a great me. player. Achieved a lot for Arsenal, and uh, I think he's number five because, like I said, underappreciated as well. I don't know if you were going to mention him later in the episode, but very underappreciated. Spoiler: It's still in my list, and that's what I wanted to say. He was the mention. He was the winger I just mentioned as well. Is Robert Pires the most underappreciated winger in Premier League history? What do you think, Sonny? So it doesn't have to be the best, just underappreciated, because I definitely think he is. He gets overlooked so much because of what he did, because uh, he's just another cog in that invincible season. But I think he's an amazing player. He's very, he is very overlooked because people, like especially Arsenal, they might be speaking about um, Sanchez. I know some deluded Arsenal fans are already talking about Saka as being their best winger in the Premier League. And I'm just like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and that's one reason why a lot of people like me sometimes don't want him to win, even if I do want Arsenal to win the league. But... Yeah, very overlooked, unbelievable player, achieved a lot. And yeah, probably because he didn't have that crazy pace or he didn't have those unbelievable screamers that other players got that he might get overlooked. But again, if you know football, you'll know Robert Perez was an amazing player. Definitely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Lewis, what about you? Did, you? did you like Robert Perez growing up uh, or did he give you PTSD as well for the bad reasons? That Arsenal team back in the day for, for that couple of years gave me PTSD, really. Him and mm. Jungberg were great on the flanks. Obviously, you had Henri and Burkamp pulling the strings as well. And yeah, they were invincible. And that's something that hasn't been done since. And something that pisses me off because Chelsea were very close to doing it. They were a Nicholas and Elka penalty away at Man City in 2004 from it. So yeah, I wonder if it will be done. Obviously, with Liverpool and Man City setting points records, which is really unfathomable at this point. And yeah, for Arsenal to go in invincible back then with with a team that probably, let's be real, wouldn't get in the top four now, big shout. But it's a big shout. But they were carrying some people in that invincible season. But yeah, I think that Perez definitely underrated baller and someone who did win the World Cup with France. So a lot of people forget that as well. Is that in 98? He's a young Robert Perez. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, in the France that, yeah, you're yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. and he won Euro 2000 as well, um, as well, which is crazy to see. Arsenal Wenger's impact on players is crazy because he got them just before. I think he got him, what, six years at Arsenal? And the worst thing about Robert Perez for me was the fact that I think in his last game, Champions League final, Jens Lehmann gets sent off against Barcelona. Robert Perez is the one that gets stubbed off because they had to play with 10 men. That was a bit painful um, to see Robert Perez as well. But um, spoiler alert, Robert Perez is my number four. Um, so his number four on my list, though. Um, Suki, we'll go with your number five and then we'll go with your number four. So we'll go double uh, back-to-back with you, Suki. Who have we got at number five and number four for you? I've got the same resume at Hazard. I'll put him at number five. Mm. Um, again, like you talk about him, he's one one guy that you know he can beat a man 1v1, beat two, beat three. Uh, and I think I think Lewis, correct me if wrong, any time that Chelsea played against Liverpool, he was just absolutely annihilating them. It, it doesn't matter who which fullback it was on the left or the right. He was just always 
just again killing them. Um, again, underrated baller for for the time period he was there. Unlucky that he didn't get to stay longer. And I think he he probably does regret leaving now from from that move to Madrid. I think he just uh, got bullied by Yaya Torre in, in the tunnel that time, just getting slapped on the back by him as well. He's just like, nah, got to leave England because Yaya will just keep slapping me. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I think Chelsea did well in the end to get 100 million out of him because they knew that he was kind of on the decline with his injuries and he was starting to slow him down. So clever bit of business from uh, from, the, from the Chelsea, West London Blue. Uh, but yeah, again, one of those players that you, you can you speak volumes about. And again, when you talk about Premier League, he, he left a bit of a legacy again with that Mourinho team, uh, carried him to that kind of title. So yeah can't say much more definitely and just before we move on to your number four Suki everyone just share your thoughts on who do you think the most underappreciated winger in Premier League history is because for me um, I think personally Nani is one of the most underappreciated wingers I've seen in Premier League history especially because of the short kind of um, the shortcomings he had as a Man United player always being compared to Cristiano Ronaldo being Portuguese Ronaldo being Portuguese as well it's quite worrying that any other nationality would have been yeah it's fine but because it's Ronaldo it's Portugal bit crazy from there as well. Uh, Sani, any underappreciated wingers we haven't mentioned yet before we move on to Suki's top four and our top four? I want to think. I, I wouldn't say so. No, I mean, I mean the names that we've already said. Jason Park? Reckon you put I, I, don't, I don't really think he's underappreciated. People always know what he brought to Manchester United and people always say in the big games he'd always turn up. Um, Damien Duff? Maybe Damien Duff. I mean, he did a pretty good stint at Chelsea. Then went to Fulham, was key there as well. I mean, there's loads You're of names you could you can talk about. You know, Ashley Young, for example. You know, he did a very good job at Villa. That mm. Downing one side as well. He was good at Middlesbrough and Villa as well. There's been wingers like that, especially English wingers. Like I know, um, Suki mentioned Lennon, but he was he was a good player as well. You know, all these players, especially English wingers, that they didn't get a look in because there were other players, and we'd play like three in the middle, for example, which meant they wouldn't really get a chance. Just goes to show, like these other English wingers didn't get the love that they probably did deserve. But Joe yeah. Cole as well, just like Lewis mentioned earlier, yeah, another underappreciated player. Like people don't really speak about him because they speak about the Rooney's, the Lampards, you know, the Gerrards, that English English side, for example. Mm. But yeah, unbelievable players, regardless, you know, to have the careers that they've had, you know, fair play to them. Definitely, Lewis. Any underappreciated wingers from your side? Yeah, off the, off the top of my head, it, it will have been people that weren't here for that long, but did make an impact when they were here. I know a bit of a curveball, not good enough to get in the top 10, but Dimitri Payet at West Ham. I was, think, I I was thinking of him, but I was like, yeah. did they play more as a as an attacking midfielder? But I remember when looking at the team sheets, he was left winger because he didn't have to track back as much. Quality yeah, yeah Bilic had him playing out wide. I'd say another one that suffered from getting thrown out wide, Juan Mata, David Silva mm. as well, if you class them as wingers instead of wide midfielders, really. Um, Sami Nasri, an- another one, I think was quite underrated. Wow. Quality um, play was... Yeah, he was really good. Ability. I'd say Theo Walcott, if we're looking at longevity, still scoring goals in the Premier League and a bit of a wild card, but someone who I always thought was quite underrated until I saw him play for Chelsea was Pedro. I thought he was someone who was fantastic for us. Again, not good enough to make the top 10, but just shout out from a few of them players. And yeah, I'd say Aaron Lennon's another one. If you're talking about longevity, yeah, Aaron Lennon was someone who definitely complimented Spurs for a number of years and until they didn't want him anymore and he was still good for Everton. So yeah, good Premier League player, Aaron Lennon. Definitely. So Kian, you from your side? I think there's one that we're missing here is Antonio Valencia for United. Oh, I mean, oh, like two year oh. period. And for oh, Wigan, and for Wigan, is not well. saying, yeah, I was going to say that guy carried him and Rooney the way that you just just terrorised that kind of right wing partnership, and then Rooney up front by himself when Ronaldo just left. Without him, he was he was 
pivotal to that kind of ball over the top to the wide areas, smashing it. And you knew what he was going to do 100% of the time, what he was going to do 1v1 one one against him. One-footed as well. One foot, bang, out of his foot, out Pacia, smash it in. And the way that he used to cross as well, it wasn't even like, it was like a finesse, it was just, I'm, I'm shooting and you better get on the end of it. And I think when Van Persie came in and he was still there, he was doing the same thing right from right back. So I think uh, there's one that you've, you, we've probably missed out there, Valencia, yeah. One one throwback I'll, I'll throw in. We probably didn't all see him, but I'll just mention him. John Barnes uh, for Liverpool as well. I reckon before our time, if you had people from Liverpool, yeah, I, I know we don't like Liverpool on this podcast, but I'll throw John Barnes in because of, of what he did for uh, for black players in, in English football as well, just for the sake of diversity. Uh, we'll throw John Barnes in there as well, but I'm not going to mention someone like Dirk Cowell or Ryan Babble. They don't need to get mentioned at all. We can move on. Um, and we're moving on to Suki's four. So we're in your top four now, Suki. Are you going to be like Spurs and bottle it or are you going to go for a, a solid choice for your top four? What are we saying? Yeah, I think this is a solid choice and it's going to start strong. So I'm going with Mohamed Salah. So Ooh, a four. I think, yeah, four. I mean, when you look at it and I think he's still continuing with the way that his goals score. I mean, they're on an off-season this year, Liverpool, but you look at his goal story stats, they're still, they're still up there, right? Um, and I think what he's done for Liverpool, the way he's carried it, again, unfortunate in this era where we said, they haven't won much, but I think with it, without him, they wouldn't be where they are, right? And I think he's that kind of missing piece where Mane was pressing and he would obviously finish off and get all the glory. Uh, but without that, if you didn't have that guy finishing the way that he was, it would be in that lethal, then you wouldn't get all the goals and win all these points, right? So, yeah, I've got him at four, yeah. Excellent choice for number four. Sani, where are we going for your number four? Oh, to be fair, he's already been mentioned. I'm going Eden Hazard. He was a special, special player, honestly. I know he had that one-off season where I think it's the season where Mourinho got sacked. Well, I, I, just, I don't know why he actually done that season, but Chelsea were just going through turmoil. But That was the I mean, season they got Pato on loan. I remember that one. Which was yeah, crazy. and I was just there thinking of like FIFA 9 when he was at AC Milan. I was like, mate, if they get that Pato, like, they're cooking, but obviously it wasn't the case. But honestly, Hazard, what a player, what he produced for Chelsea. I mean, Re- Lewis will remember this, but that goal against Arsenal where... Koscielny and Cockland were still writhing on the floor as he's scoring a goal. Unbelievable goal. I mean, even some of the teams that Hazard played in, I mean, he had to contend with a midfield that sometimes included David Luiz, Bakayoko, like with all due respect, and an aging Fabregas, like with all due respect, that's not really going to help anyone. I mean, I know Giroud does get underrated, but you know, there were so many times he had to play with him. Zappa Costa as a wing. Yeah, Zappa Costa as a wing back. Oh, God, like, honestly, the, the list the goes one? on. Danny, drink water as well. Crazy. Yeah, like, honestly, some of the players that he had to contend with, Hazard, people don't realise, like, he didn't have an amazing team at Chelsea. A lot of the times he was dealing with a shit team and a shit situation, and he still managed to produce. And it's a shame he hasn't worked out for him at Real Madrid, but Hazard, I wish he did come to Man United. I get why he went to Chelsea, but what a player Eden Hazard was for Chelsea in the Premier League. I mean, I'll never forget it as well. I, I signed up for Twitter that summer because Eden Hazard said that he would announce on Twitter where he was moving to after the season with Lille. I think they were in the French Cup final. They won. A couple of days later, he was like, oh, I'm going to be moving to the Champions of Europe. It's like, damn it. Damn wow. it. Oh, quick one, Hams. He, he signed a pre-contract again with us and then champ- I think Chelsea won the Champions League that day and then he changed his decision. Oh. Yeah. He did a William before William. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's just it just happens. It happens so much for Spurs. Proper Imagine Spurs. Imagine Bale on one side and Hazard like on the other during the Prem. That would have been filthy. Modric, Van der Vaart, Dembele in midfield. Crazy. Jermaine Defoe up front. That would have been sick. That would have been so, so sick as well. Um, my number four, like I mentioned earlier, was Robert Perez. So perfectly fine with going on, on with that. As an Adam Hazard was my number five. Uh, Lewis, where are we going for your number four? Have we got a surprise up our sleeve? 
surprise maybe in terms of where he's in the list, but yeah, I'm gonna have to copy Mo Salah is my number four for that mm. one. Like it's already been said, he's in the he's in the hundred club, Liverpool's first ever Premier League. And that year where Van Dyke got injured really badly uh, away at Everton and everyone was thinking, Oh, where are Liverpool gonna finish? Are they gonna be able to compete? And Salah literally dragged them to the top four and dragged them into the Champions League places. Whereas if the roles were reversed, if Salah got injured and Van Dijk was fine, I don't think Liverpool would have got in the top four because those goals that he scored have accounted for so much. He's literally dragged them through times where Liverpool will concede four, but they will score five because of him. So, yeah, I think that if you're talking about sole impact on a team, he's revolutionised football in Egypt. He's revolutionised Liverpool's right-hand side. And which is mental now that it's only really showing that Alexander-Arnold's getting exposed from lack of help from Salah and someone in that midfield. But only now is it showing that there's little fractures there. But for the time being, yeah, they won a load of stuff. And I think that he'll he's just signed that new deal. He'll be there for the next cycle of Liverpool. And I think that he'll rack up at least 150 league goals before he's done. Yeah, it's crazy to see how well he's done because especially from that time that he had at Chelsea, not really fitting into that Chelsea style of play, Mourinho in and out of the side as well. Scoring in that 6-1 win against Arsenal at Stamford Bridge, you're like, oh, maybe there is some hope. Not really. He had to go to Serie A for a couple of years, rebuild his game, rebuild his confidence as well at Fiorentina and Roma respectively. And then he turned into the one-season wonder, the second-season wonder, the third season, and just carried on and on and on. Kind of like with Harry Kane, one-season wonder, second-season wonder, just like... Is, is always just going to be there Mohamed Salah as a Premier League all-time great and great shout for your number four there Lewis as well and for you Suki um, pop him in there as well which is great top three top three is going to be fun um, I'm going to start this one off number three is Mohamed Salah for me so it gets you wondering who I've got as my number two I'm a number one but Mohamed Salah um, is just one of those guilty pleasures that you have as a, as a football fan he plays for your direct rivals who you absolutely hate you detest but in that Liverpool versus Arsenal game earlier this season at Anfield, it was kind of there like, this is a great game. His turn in Zinchenko inside and out. I know it's Alexander-Arnold who turned out Zinchenko, but Mohamed Salah was just kind of there for the, for the goal, sorry. But uh, Mohamed Salah missed the penalty, unfortunately, in that game for Liverpool. But it's just great to see him in the Premier League. And I love it when players flourish. We've seen Hazard flourish. We've seen Salah flourish as well. One question I wanted to ask to all of you, um, because we haven't mentioned both these players as well. Who's had the bigger impact on their team? Mohamed Salah for Liverpool or Eden Hazard for Chelsea? What do you think? Uh, Suki, we'll go with you first. What do you think? That is a tough one, that. Biggest uh, impact. <sighs> On the one hand, yeah, you've got Eden Hazard, go. who's got multiple Premier Leagues yeah, as well. Yeah. You're going to have to go to Lewis on that one. I've got to think on that. That's a, that is a tough one. Lewis, what are we saying? Hazard for Chelsea or Liverpool's uh, Mohamed Salah? I think that because there's a similar sample size of roughly about seven years each, I think that if you're talking a direct impact on a team, and this isn't a dig at Liverpool, but it kind of is at the same time, Chelsea, the most successful club in Britain over the past 20-odd years, and winning is in the culture, whereas Liverpool had never won a Premier League. And if you're talking about direct impact for a team to not have a Premier League, and then after someone like Salah being there, and he's not done it on his own, but He's won the Premier League for a side that hasn't won won one. So I'd say that's probably the bigger impact. Although I think that context is needed, really. But yeah, Liverpool, they wouldn't have won a Premier League without him, put it that way. Agree or disagree, Sonny? What do you think? I, I would probably agree. Um, like I said, 
I mean, like Lewis said, I was like I said, what am I on about? Like Lewis said, he came in to a team that weren't winning anything. He came into a team that that season made the Champions League final. The next season, they won the Champions League. Season after that, they won the league. I think it speaks for itself. Hazard also, he had some of those, like that one season I was talking about where he just had an off-season. Salah really hasn't had an off-season, if we're being real. If you look at his numbers, he's hit 20-plus goals every single league season, I think bar one. So that is unbelievable. For someone that was touted as being a one-season wonder, I think his impact is unbelievable. And it's a shame they haven't won more league titles because, you know, it doesn't really go to show how good that Liverpool side is and how good of a player Salah was. But Salah, for me, had a little bit more impact than Hazard. Definitely. Nicely done, everyone. Um, but yeah, number three for me is Mohamed Salah, amazing footballer. And I don't think we'll see another winger like him at Liverpool for a good number of years because there hasn't really been anyone like that at Liverpool for a good number of years as well, which is great. Uh, Sani, number three, where are you going on, on your list with your number three? I, I'm literally, it's the same as you guys, Mohamed Salah. In terms of everyone on my list, he has the best goals and assists uh, like ratio. I think it's like 0.8 something, which is ridiculous. Like, honestly, I mean, you, we guys, I've all mentioned what he brought to Liverpool. 134 goals, I think, in the in the league, which is ridiculous. Mm. Um, I mean, he's got like 50-something assists as well. Unbelievable plays. Easily in the top 10 list for Liverpool of all time. And top um, three, I would say. I'd go that. I'd go that. High. Maybe, maybe. I mean, there's obviously good, great players like Dalglish, uh, Ian Rush, Gerrard, you know, etc. But Mohamed Salah, unbelievable impact. And like Lewis said, the, the impact he made not only in the league, but also in Egypt, understated. Fantastic player. And for me, he's the third best winger of all time in the Premier League that I've seen anyway. And in Liverpool as well. It's actually crazy when Mohamed Salah plays football, and it's still true to this day, crime goes down in Liverpool when Mohamed Salah's playing football. That is a crazy stat um, to hear as well, straight from the Met Office and in um, Met Office's social media accounts as well. Crazy. Well done, Mohamed Salah. Keeping crime out since 2017-18. Amazing. Uh, Lewis, number three, where are we going on your list? We're going to Manchester, mate, and someone who probably epitomises the word longevity, and it's Ryan Giggs, and you can say whatever you like about him as a person, and you could probably do a whole podcast on that, but <laughs> the numbers don't lie, just like um, just like the numbers don't lie. Just like Giggs lied to his wife about his affair, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the... Uh, the numbers don't lie with the alleged incidents with his missus, but yeah, we digress. And uh, yeah, 13 league titles again. Sir Alex Ferguson doesn't keep you around for that long if you're not contributing something. And even in the latter years where he was still playing at like 40 and obviously, like I said, Fergie's kept him around for a reason. He's great for the dressing room. And yeah, we're speaking purely about as a footballer, not as a man, because yeah, <laughs> we would, uh, we'd have a completely different list and Maybe if he was still playing, Prison FC might try and sign him, but I don't know about that one yet. Play a manager for Prison FC, I reckon. Oh, that's a great shout. That is a great shout. Danny Alves at right back. You've got um, Ronaldinho. I think Ronaldinho's out of prison now, but you'd have Ryan Giggs somewhere there as well. You'd have Mendy on the other side. Benjamin Mendy behind Ryan Giggs overlapping. That'd be quality as well. Adam Johnson on the other side. Tell you what. Adam Johnson Johnson (laughs) cutting in on the right hand side. Picks itself. Picks itself. Probably going to have Mason Greenwood up front as well. He's out of prison now. He wasn't even in prison. He should be in prison, but he's not. Yeah, I know. Thomas Partey, another one, should be in prison, not in prison. Not Correct. The one. Not Correct. the one I uh, Yeah, great shout out Ryan Giggs as your number three. Uh, Suki, finish it off. Who's in your number three? 
It's same same as Lewis. It's Ryan Giggs. I think, yeah. like you say, uh, Mr. Longevity, Mr. Premier League himself. I think, what, 400 or 500 plus appearances in the Premier League. I think that kind of record breaks itself. I think Gareth Barry be it, but when you talk about someone that's actually made the most of their appearance to the accolades, it's, it's going to be Giggs. And I think he's gone through pretty much three different eras when it comes to United with those teams and he's been pivotal to each one. So even from a younger age to being an electric winger to then kind of transition to that kind of centre mid role towards the end of uh, his time. Uh, and I, I think there's one game, I don't know if you're going to remember this, Hams, but it was against West Ham at Upton Park in 2008. Yeah. They mm. sent him in and I think he was about 38, 37. He was running up and down that park and he was absolutely terrorising uh, West Ham. So He won player of the season that season as well around gigs. Crazy. Beat yeah, Gerardi, exactly beat Ronaldo, so. beat Vidic, everyone. He was player of the season in that year. Unbelievable um, player he was, Ryan Giggs. That's everyone's top three. I'm getting a bit um, melancholy going that we're com- coming to the end of the podcast with our last two. Um, but yeah, last two. Lewis, we'll go with your number two and then we'll go everyone's number two and we'll go for the number one to finish off. Who have we got at number two, Lewis? Yeah, so I've gone for a man and it was so hard not to put this man at number one, but I've I've used my head and not my heart and it's a man that's already been spoken a lot about. It's Eden Hazard. And I, Speak I just, about him. Is your boy, Lewis. We, we've spoken about him many yeah, times, I'm, but let's, let's hear it. Hang on. Look at that. There we go. Oh. There we go. There we go. The boy. Dem- Demba Bar in the background. I love it. Oh, yeah. Demba Bar in the background. But yeah, Eden, Eden Hazard. He's he's had some dark times at Chelsea in terms of he's he's been in some shit teams like it's already been stated but he, he's even when we were playing shit bar that one season where we finished tenth and Gus Hiddink was the manager he's he's dragged us out of so many shit and not even to just the top four like Arsenal in the past where they've had Henri and Van Persie get him out of jail he's actually dragged us to to winning things whether that be a Europa League to get in the top four whether that be a Premier League and FA Cup everything and. I make the argument, as do a lot of Chelsea fans, that it is either him or Frank Lampard, who's Chelsea's best ever player. That's the the regard he's held in at Stamford Bridge. And I know a lot of people definitely say he's the most talented player to ever play for Chelsea. And a lot of the times he would warm up with his laces undone. He wouldn't really look that arsed. And then when the whistle went, he was the best player on the pitch comfortably. And yeah, I just wish that the only regret I do have for him is I wish he did take it maybe a bit more seriously. I mean, the money was great with him winning the league title two out of the, I think it's three or four years he's been there. So that's fetched us a bit more money. We actually got 150 million in the end for Hazard, which for someone with one, one year left on his contract is, is mental, but it just shows how good he was when they bought him with 12 months left. So it's a shame. I'd love to see him come back to Chelsea at some point, even though there is no room for him. But yeah, I just want to see him playing football because again, epitomizes everything I like about football skill pace directness flair and yeah what a player and I think when he does retire I think a lot of people will look back at Eden Hazard and think Jesus he was unreal uh, same as what I asked Suki with Min Son what's your favourite in stadium moment of watching Eden Hazard play football for you Lewis <laughs> honestly he's treated me so much over the years in stadium I was at the Arsenal game where, where he scored from the halfway line. I, I was at the Liverpool game in the League Cup where he, he nutmeg Moreno and took on about four players. That goal at Stoke where he scored from about 40 yards out of his left foot. But I'd, I'd have to say that goal against Liverpool, I was with my dad and he picks the ball up probably about 40 yards out, takes on about four people, has the audacity to nutmeg Moreno. And this is at a time where Maurizio Sarri was our manager and would shout at you if you didn't pass the ball as soon as you got it. So... For us to <laughs> literally be making pointless pass after pointless pass for him to then do that 
was one of the best things I've ever seen. And yeah, that that just epitomizes what he was about, just having fun. And he he literally rinsed Moreno and I've literally not seen him since. So I, I'd say his top 10 is going to be great. And if, you, if you're ever bored, I'd say go and have a look at Eden Hazard's top 10 and you will not be disappointed. I'm glad we did this podcast now and not five years ago because all of the players we mentioned from top 10s are players that are currently still playing, which is great to see. And it goes to show of Eden Hazard, even though he's still currently playing, I personally think if he went back to Chelsea, he'd be starting for them with the quality that they've got in their attack. So it's really good to hear. Never say never. Never say never. never. Anything can happen. Actually at Chelsea. It's true. Anything can literally happen. Uh, Suki, number two, where are we going with you? Let's hear it. I've done a, I've done a similar thing to Lewis, so I'm going with Gareth Bell at number two. Um, and, I'm, and what I mean by this is I watched that guy that season, last minute winners against Norwich twice, last minute winner against West Brom, last minute winner against Sutherland, last minute winner against West Ham. Two banging free kicks against Leon in the Europa League carried us towards the quarterfinals in that, in that season. Uh, terrorised Leeds when we played in the FA Cup. Um, there's countless moments I can go through that season where he was he was the guy. Uh, and just watching him just bury... As soon as you know he was going to cut in, you had no chance of stopping it. It was, it was going to go top in. So I think watching him that season, just for that one particular season, the impact that he had for us as well. And even just the years before where he started transitioning from left-back to like left-mid. Uh, and then he started playing right wing um, was just And attacking mid as well under VS Bowes. He normally have like yes. Lennon one side, Dempsey another side. Gave Bale the yeah, freedom. Yeah, he used to switch over. Yeah, he used to switch over. So he used to play on the left or Lennon on top and then Dempsey on the left. But just it was always just Bale. And I think just one one point to add there. I mean, we, we, uh, Lewis has said about, obviously we didn't really do too much with, with him. We didn't really win anything. But I think if we had those couple of additions earlier, we might have done something. We might have gotten to that kind of top four or tried to challenge for a title or actually won a, an FA Cup or something like that. Uh, but again, do feel sorry for, for that. But then he made his kind of hundred million pound move to Real Madrid. And I think the rest, the rest speaks history itself, doesn't it, in terms of what he did there. Um, but I think just for us uh, as, a, as a Tottenham, Tottenham fan, just watching him for that one particular season, the, the memories that we have, uh, we, hold, we hold him in high regard. And even when he did come back in that return season, you, you could see the class there that he had, that quality level. He was just obviously born on from the rest of the Tottenham team. So uh, yeah, got to got to put him second. One one thing about that season, which I haven't mentioned, the best way to describe him, Sandy, you'll like this, is ruthless aggression. When you had, when you had Gareth Bale in that season, Lewis, you're a wrestling fan, man. I know you got that reference as well. Ruthless aggression, just watching Gareth Bale going through, it's just like there. It's like it's just it's so great to see how well Gareth Bale's done. And I, I'm one of those guys. That I I think everyone is in the kind of way when you're watching these neutral players. You don't play for your team, just ball out, just turn up every week. It's so nice to see. And that was it with Gareth Bale. It was amazing to really see. And just like Sani said earlier, I wish we signed him. So Alex Ferguson wanted to sign Ronaldo and Bale and Bale both together in that last season before he retired as well. And it just never, it never occurred. And then he tried at the end of the season to try and sign Gareth Bale when he was leaving, uh, when David Moyes was going to be married. He wanted him to be the parting gift. But obviously Bale went to Madrid and the rest is history. And um, probably for the best, I would say. Otherwise, Gareth Bale would have been wasted in, in England. But one thing on Gareth Bale as well, just like you said, with left footers, they normally are going to be rather just one dominant side. They are going to be rather left wingers who you can cross into the box or inverted wingers. But Gareth Bale can do both. Like, Mahrez, you know, is a right winger. Salah, you know, is a right winger striker. Um, Gareth Bale, both wings, he, he excelled on both sides, which was amazing to see. And on a on a personal note, playing FIFA for those years as well with him at Real Madrid, such a joy. Absolute joy with Ronaldo, Bale, Di Maria, Ronaldo, Bale, James, whatever it was. Amazing. Uh, Sani, number two, where are we going with you? 
Well, I'm not going to speak too much about him because it's already been spoken about, but all I'm going to say is if you're talking the hardest, gigs better pop up as you thought as they're not. It's cheese. Listen, what a player he is, right? What was it? Most assists like in the Premier League ever? Yep. 162, something like that. Uh, unbelievable goals. I know people might say, oh, he's only played double digits twice, but he was more than that. He was, I've said, pace, trickery, especially in his younger. I didn't really see too much of him because uh, I wasn't even born, I don't think. But like he was scoring goals galore then. Obviously, then he transitioned more as a left midfielder per se. Then he transitioned more in the midfield. Unbelievable player. Achieved a lot of Manchester United, countless Premier League titles. I think he was the only player ever to score a goal in every single Premier League season by the last one where he retired, which is which is mad, which is a bit annoying. It's like one of them ones. It's like, yeah, it doesn't really count, but... Great David player. Moyes ruined it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. David Moyes ruined it. And he has to <laughs> manage it. the end of the season. Give it Giggsy. Give it Giggsy. The iconic guy, Andy Tate, before Andrew Tate came through. Crazy to see. Uh, Ryan Giggs, do you have a favourite moment, Sonny, of Ryan Giggs from what you've watched from him? Mm. I mean, that one where he got his, where he got the assist, one of the goal against Arsenal in the FA Cup treble season when he got his shirt and just, you know, was way around. That's a pretty sick moment. I must say an underrated one is the 4-3 game against Man City. I still remember that this assist. game. The assist to Michael Owen. Mm. Unbelievable ball. Like, the composure, the poise, just the weight of the pass. Unbelievable goal. Oh, and, like, what a pass by Ryan Giggs. Unbelievable player. But I think, I think was it Suki or, or, or was it Lewis? I'm not sure. But they mentioned that game against West Ham where like so he got he got an unbelievable goal he cut he was on the left he somehow I don't know how he scored that goal but unbelievable goal by Ryan Giggs and also what about the underrated one against Fulham 06-07 season where outside the boot somehow oh, scored a goal unbelievable yeah. goal half volley as well crazy yeah. great player right I'm going to Manchester for my uh, second choice number two but it's not going to be the one who's on the left wing and we're going all the way to the right wing uh, for this one as well so it was, it was actually his partner David Beckham. So I'm going for Beckham as my number two. I can't not have my footballing hero, my first footballing hero on this list. It's number two for me. Just amazing watching David Beckham growing up. And he was just a guy who just wanted to emulate the hairstyle. Yes, I, I didn't go for cornrows, by the way. I didn't go for cornrows. So I'm not going to be culturally inappropriate with that. But I did go for the buzz cut. I did go for the mohawk. I did go for the red hair as well. The 2002 World Cup was my first World Cup. Seeing Beckham get injured, I think it was against Deportivo Lacarunia, was quite heartbreaking for for young Hams at the time. It was quite worrying to really see how well um, he didn't really do coming back into that World Cup. He's got an amazing penalty against Argentina because I didn't really understand the whole uh, gimmick around 98 because I was too young to understand it. And obviously he got um, just lambasted in the press as well. He was just bullied. And we see that a lot with a lot of Man United players. I don't really want to play the victim card here, but we have seen that with Wayne Rooney. We've seen that with Marcus Rashford. We've seen that with David Beckham. Um, in terms of England players being like the number one target, we've seen it recently more than anyone with Raheem Sterling as well, um, Manchester City player, Chelsea player um, in the English media. And Beckham was that guy that just got criticised for that red card against Argentina in 98, coming back and scoring against Argentina, redemption, amazing to really see. Me personally, seeing someone who was top three players in the world for once upon a time in 1999, people always go on about, oh yeah, he was the one who crossed it in for both corners in the in the cup final as well, but it was so much more than that. Scored an amazing goal in that semi-final against Arsenal in the cup replay against Aston Villa. Again, another goal that gets forgotten about because of Ryan Giggs' amazing goal um, that happened later in the game. He was someone who scored, I think he scored 62 Premier League goals, scored 80, got 80 assists in the Premier League as well. Six Premier League titles, one Champions League. I think he won 21 leagues, uh, 21 trophies in total and two FA Cups. But my favourite moment for David Beckham 
I've said in the Premier League, I should say, not the not the Real Madrid game. My favorite goal uh, game for for David Beckham was I think you're seeing it. This is this is just me seeing it in my mind. It was his last game for Man United against Everton. What an amazing free kick, top bins opposite side, opposite side of the keeper. Um, young Ray Rooney was in the team as well, so it's it kind of like a passing of the guard in the way Rooney came up seasons afterwards. David Beckham leaving, you see Beckham just whip it opposite corner, and you're just like, wow. This guy is unreal. And there was a season where he was in and out of the team as well um, because of his injuries, because of his kicking the boot, um, getting kicked kicked out by Sarrets Ferguson uh, in the FA Cup game, which was something we don't need to talk about as well. But David Beckham was my guy and he was my guy. And not just because of his crossing, his passing, he just had, he was a such a technical footballer. And people don't appreciate that a lot because of his stardom, his stature that he has in football. He got all of that stardom and that stature because of the hard work, the graph that he put on the pitch as well. And he is the epitome for for English players of hard work. That's where you can go from, no disrespect, you can go from like someone who's in the championship level because he's playing at Preston on loan uh, to being on the bench for Man United to being the main man at Manchester United within four or five years. And he did that. And the team was built around him and it was amazing to really see how well he did. And the quality of plays he had was amazing. But yeah, shout out David Beckham, man. I'll never get bored of talking about him, which is great. So yeah, David Beckham's number two on my list, which is great. Uh, number one. Number one, number one. This is where it gets a bit fun because you're kind of like, who did we miss out? Who did, who did we all miss out? Um, I missed out quite a few players, which I reckon I should have put in, but I didn't. Um, I think we've all kind of thought like that as well. Sani, number one, let's go. Who we got, my friend? going to be an obvious choice isn't it i think if we all don't have this player as number one then we really need to reconsider and have some uncomfortable conversations as to why we actually do watch football it's uh right man- I, I, I've, got, I've got it everyone on free when i say free everyone say the number one let's just see let's just see who we have let's go so one two three then i'll say it so one two three christian richarlison, richarlison. i'm joking i missed <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say Morton Gaps Pedersen for the banter, but it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Man. Yeah, that's why some people don't want to do this one because it's easy for the number one. It's not about number one; it's who you kind of miss out from your list, and it's who you mm. kind of have in different lists as well. Because Ronaldo was the epitome of of excellence in the Premier League, Ballon d'Or winner, and I think that's why Salah hasn't really got to anyone's number one just yet because he hasn't won the Ballon d'Or for Liverpool and he hasn't really hit the heights of being the greatest player in the world whilst being at Liverpool and winning the Premier League. Ronaldo did that when he was 21, 22 years old. And he did that with the whole of England hating him after that whole um, 2006 debacle in the World Cup as well. The week that, that he has at the start. I'm looking at the, my laptop when I'm meant to be looking at my camera. It's a wink. But I was looking at that and it looked like I've got um, a dry eye, which is not the case, unfortunately. Um, Lewis, what have we, what we got to say about Cristiano Ronaldo that we haven't said already? Yeah, just the guy was a trailblazer and you're talking about passing of the torch with Rooney in that other game. He's the guy that literally took Beckham's shirt off him in, in terms of a number. And I think that that was almost the evolution of the modern day winger. You had someone who was hugging the touchline in Beckham who could cross from deep. And then you've got this lad from Portugal who's skinny as anything. And he's just taking the piss out of people and getting kicked and, and it's just completely like nothing we've ever seen in this country before. And he, he is going to go down as probably the second best footballer of all time. But that's that's still no slouch in, t- in terms of what legacy he's going to leave. And 
I feel like Ronaldo again. I talk, I talk about my list as purely on what I like as a football player, and I like someone who's fearless and definitely old school Ronaldo, who literally would run at anybody. That montage comes from the game at Old Trafford. I think it's in 2007, 2008, where he's got it in the corner and he's just taking the piss. He's just ball rolling and doing fake Rabonas and stuff like that. And yeah, he, he, he got United out of some sticky situations. And I think that you talk about once in a lifetime player and I genuinely think that Cristiano Ronaldo is. And I hope that his time in Europe isn't finished. And I hope when he retires, he gets the flowers he deserves because... Yeah, what a player. And if Messi doesn't exist, then he is comfortably the best player ever, which is mad. It's exactly the same, I would say. Uh, Suki, what about you? From an opposition point of view, did you get to really enjoy and embrace Cristiano Ronaldo in that first that he had as a winger in the Premier League? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And again, I don't want to take too much of the glory because, again, you boys are the United fans, so I want you to kind of talk about him. Uh, just just from our side, I mean, when you when you first looked at him, he was raw as a kid. Then you had Keane and everyone getting onto him, making him transition and making making him that better player, making him focused. And then again, like you say about the accolades, he did the free peat with United, three three in a row. He even made that winger role where you had to cut in and shoot. And I think he kind of made that transition where you said you had David Beckham then to Ronaldo. Uh, but I think his impact in just the Premier League itself was outrageous and scoring those 40 goals in that one season and winning the Champions League with it and the Ballon d'Or. I don't think he'll ever, he'll ever beat that. But again, just his Premier League legacy. Again, another one, like his Portsmouth free kick. Uh, I don't want to go too Ooh. much into it because I know you guys have got all the got all the stats and the facts for it. So I'll just hand it over to you boys and yeah, let's see, let's see what you've got. Sani, where were you? Sani, where were you when you were watching that Ronaldo versus Portsmouth free kick? Do you remember that moment? I do remember that moment. I was definitely, I definitely wasn't that guy. I don't know if you've seen that video. He's looking at his phone or something whilst he's like the free kick stake. I definitely wasn't that guy. Now I was at home watching that game and I was just like, what the hell was going on? That was that was like peak Ronaldo mania, I'd say, like, especially in England, where everyone was talking about him. Everyone wanted his haircut. I mean, I had his haircut at one stage like that. He was an unbelievable player and I know Lewis mentioned it earlier about like or I think you mentioned it about how Salah will never kind of be regarded as number one and the big reason is because of the impact that I think Ronaldo had because as a winger people forget like people always say Ronaldo's an amazing goal scorer but they forget what he was like especially at Manchester United about the five years before he moved to Real Madrid yeah the trickery that he had the pace that he had the flair the, the, the control, the dribbling, the shooting, the crossing, everything. He was amazing. And it's a shame how his tenure at Man United ended, but I don't really think about it like that. I always think about what he achieved when he was that youngster. I think at that stage when he won the Ballon d'Or, he was like one of the three youngest of all time or something, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, unbelievable player, unbelievable impact. And like Suki said, the three-peat's another big reason why he will not, I don't think he'll ever get usurped as the number one winger of all time, unless someone comes along like an Mbappe who wins like five in a row or something stupid like that and has that same impact. But Cristiano Ronaldo, what a player. And like Lewis said as well, hopefully his time's not done in Europe because he's still a player that will get you off the edge of your seat sort of thing and still have an impact that many players can't have. He is transcendental. He is the man himself, Mr. Sui, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, someone who... Sir Alex Ferguson put so much trust in these young players. He got rid of some of the key players like Ruud van Nistelrooy at the time as well because he believed in Wayne Rooney and Ronaldo actually bringing trophies home in the season after van Nistelrooy got signed. We actually won the league, the first league in three years, I think, because of the dominance that Jose Mourinho's Chelsea had and obviously the Invincibles, which is crazy to see. But a few stats on Ronaldo's Premier League um, all-time 
103 all-time Premier League goals as well, 37 Premier League assists, three Premier Leagues, one FA Cup, two League Cups. And obviously, for me personally, his my favourite moment, it wasn't really the Portsmouth goal. It was still that season, though, where I think, no, it was the season afterwards. Sorry, Suki. We were 2-0 down to Spurs at home at Old Trafford, and we had an attack of Dimitar Berbatov, Carlos Tevez, Wayne Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo. It's something you just see on FIFA. You'd literally just see on, like you'd never think the manager would play all four of these players at the same time. And he did. And he scored an amazing header at the back post against Aurelio Gomez and the stadium just went wild. And it was one of those things for me where, fortunately for me, the reason why I'm wearing this kit is because I got to see him play when he came back to Manchester United. He wasn't playing as a winger. He's playing more as a number nine. But it was great to really see Cristiano Ronaldo score on his second debut um, at Manchester United but I'll never forget those those three seasons in a row before he left for Real Madrid and I think he left with our blessing as Man United fans he got to go after being the best player in the world the be- the first Premier League Ballon d'Or winner since Michael Owen from the Premier League that was Cristiano Ronaldo and one of my favourite big game moments as well when you were talking about it was the games against Arsenal he loved playing against Arsenal just like Wayne Rooney he loved playing against Liverpool not so much against Chelsea I think the only time he scored against Chelsea sorry Lewis was the, the Champions League final? Yeah, he he couldn't he couldn't lay a glove on Ashley Cole, and we've spoken about this previously as well about how good Ashley Cole was. But um, Cristiano Ronaldo was someone who could just do everything at that young age, and it was amazing to see. And it was one of those things where we see young players move out from the Premier League and they don't live up to the hype. He's probably the cheapest eighty million pound player we've ever seen in the Premier League because he was valued for money for the 10, 15 years he was at Real Madrid. Forgive me for not getting the the. The, the time right but amazing player he was and definitely unanimously all of our number ones um, as the greatest winger in Premier League history which is great and a great way to end the podcast which is fantastic um, everyone before we wrap up I just wanted to ask you two things this podcast is coming out on Friday so I need to ask you all one simple question before we plug our podcast and whatnot um, Man City or Arsenal who's winning on Wednesday what are we saying Lewis what do you think yeah, I think that it's going to be Man City. I think that, ironically, Arsenal's arse has gone. And mm. I've, I maintain throughout the season that Man City have been here and done that. And this is nothing out of the ordinary for them to be eight points behind Arsenal with X amount of games in hand. And I think that maybe the inexperience of Arteta and Arsenal at times have showed. Past couple of weeks, they've been two goals up. And they've let those leads slip and ended up drawing, especially in that West Ham game. That's a game that they, they must win. No one's saying you have to win at Anfield, but if you said to Arsenal you'd be 2-0 up at Anfield, they, they would have took that all day. And I just Definitely. think that Man City, they're a machine. Pep's got Grealish playing fantastic. He's got someone like Mares who can't get a sniff at the minute with, with Foden, and he comes off the bench and scores a hat-trick, which is, which is incredible. So I think that Man City... It's just business as usual for them. Whereas Arsenal, I think they'll be gutted they've not won the league. And especially from the position they've been in, they really should have won the league given the results that they've had lately. But yeah, I, th- I think that it's going to be Man City's title, I do. Could we see another Arteta meltdown like we've seen with Benitez and Kevin Keegan signing? What do you think? I bloody hope not because City <laughs> could get a three-peat and a treble. Mm. In the words of Castillo, it's not looking good, Brev, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I'm hoping Arsenal win 2-1. But I think City will win the game 3-1. Yeah. And Suki, obviously, Arsenal haven't won at the Emirates since... No, at the Etihad since 2017 as well. Is there a play that you're... 2015, yeah. 
Is there is there a time or a, or a play I should say? Is there a play you think from Arsenal that can actually dominate this game against Manchester City or is it going to have to be like a counter-attacking type of game? No, no chance. Yeah, I, I think, like Lewis said, they've been doing this for the past five years. If you're going to beat City to a title, you need to get 90, 95 plus points. You look at Arsenal's form in the next six games and they've got to play Brighton, Chelsea, Newcastle, uh, two, two away games. Even if City were to lose, I just don't see Arsenal doing it. Mm. Uh, and I think what, what you've noticed with Arsenal again is like, again, my family or Arsenal fans as well, they, they start with this fast start and then they start uh, getting tired towards the end and I think this will happen against City where he'll be a bit naive with the tactics he'll try and start with a fast start uh, I just don't think it works well for them and I think if he does do that they don't get that first goal and then in the first 30 minutes he'll kill off the team the morale will go low and then I think City will just pick them apart in the second half to be honest I think it'll be it'll be an interesting game to begin with the first couple of the first 10 minutes but I think like Lewis said they've, they've got the squad depth they've been there done that uh, and I think, like you say, they want the free people for the league and the treble. So they're going to be they're going to be on business, basically. So, <laughs> like you said, Castillo, it's, it's big matting. Yeah, it's not looking good, bro. Not looking good, bro. It's not looking good. Tell you what, though, yeah, the way Suki was describing that at the start, I thought he was diagnosing that Wolf of Wall Street team between Leonardo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie. He was like, yeah, yeah, starting off quick. Yeah, they don't last long, though, innit? But yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's what Suki that's says the, yeah that's why I take and use that blue pill <laughs> <laughs> oh my days it's going to be crazy I mean it's, I'm looking forward to the game I really think that Arsenal have capitulated the league right now it's, it's actually quite funny I wanted Arsenal to win the league because I don't want to see City repeat but it's funny because Arsenal fans are going to be like oh we at least did better than last season. We went from fifth to second. Like, nah, you were gassing the oh, league the whole no, time. No excuses. I've said it. I said it to my dad. I've said it to my brother-in-law. Yeah, I was like, mm. I don't give a shit. Yeah, you've been top of the league <laughs> the whole season. They yeah. were putting they were putting shirts of them being top of the league in December. I'm like, it makes no sense nah, why nah, you would nah, do nah, something. They said. They said to me, oh, don't worry about the City game. We're going to be eight points clear anyway, so we can afford to lose it. And look at them, man. <laughs> jobs, man. Embarrassing. Yeah. Absolutely embarrassing. Um, but yeah, everyone text me over your top 10 list so I can get this edited, which would be great fun. This podcast is coming out on Friday. Um, I did say that um, we have an announcement at the end of the podcast, Sani and I. Sani probably didn't agree for me to announce it just yet. Um, but yeah, we're going to be having our return of Friday Night Football, which is going to be happening this summer, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Lewis, I hope to God you'll be free this summer so we can actually play. Um, for the love of God, that would be fantastic if we can get a game going. Sani and I will be having a game against one another where we have our outdoor podcast where we just basically have some pl- uh, have some fun, kick some footballs around. And um, we normally I normally have a forfeit if I lose because I, I pretend I'm a very good football player. Suki obviously will get involved in the game this summer, which would be great fun as well. But Sani, you looking forward to it? You're looking forward to hanging out with your boy and playing football in the sunshine? Oh, of course, man. Of course. You want this smoke? That's all I'm going to say. You know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, hopefully the weather's good. That's the main thing. Because, you know, when when you play golf and the weather's bad, you don't really want to be skidding on the green and you're going to be in the wedges a lot, so uh, in the bunkers. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I feel like someone who's watched last year's games and how bad I actually am at football. So that could be that could be quite worrying as well. But that nah, should be good. And Lewis, do you reckon we can get a game going this summer? What do you think? Yeah, 100%. Just hit me up when you're organising it. And like I said, if I'm free, I'm 100% down to kick someone's ass at football. So fight and talk. Nah, I basically have a forfeit where basically if someone gets a hole in one, I have to buy them a gift. So only only one person, shout out Mark um, from Trafford Tunnel, shout out Mark Sarfo. Um, he won, he scored a hole in one, which is an amazing hole in one. Don't get me wrong. But then I went when I went to Milan, he was like, oh, can you get me an Inter Milan shirt? I was like, damn it. Um, so I kind of cheated. I got him like a T-shirt, like one of those like 
Um, just normal <laughs> t-shirts, not an actual Inter Milan football kit. So he's like, nah, it's fine. Um, so if anyone gets a hole in one against me this summer, um, it's, it's going to get long for my bank account. But I've challenged a few football players, ex-football players, uh, women football players as well. So if they come through, they come through. If they don't, they don't. But looking forward to the summer ahead, which would be great. Uh, Lewis, do share it with everyone again uh, what's going on with the Cookie Podcast uh, before the end of the season. What we've got coming along? Yeah, so exciting times really got some guests coming up i've got something that it's not really related to the podcast but we've got something in the line potentially with classic football shirts so gonna nice. go down there this week to get some footage so hopefully we'll get some good stuff there just keep an eye out we've got some good guests in the pipeline especially when the season's ended and a few people are a little bit more free and yeah we've we've almost expanded a little bit to be honest with you we have quite a lot of american listeners on our podcast and me, me and one of the co-hosts, Jim, are massively into the NBA. So we did a pilot of a, an NBA podcast within the the network, really, the Cookie Podcast Network. So if you mm. like the NBA as, as well as a bit of football, go and check that out. We're doing one a week for the playoffs. So, yeah, expanding a little bit, mate. So, yeah, if you want to find us, Cookie Podcast, followed by the number ones, our handle, Twitter and Instagram. And, yeah, just type in, that's the way the cookie crumbles wherever you get your pods. And, yeah. Thanks for having me on as usual. Always a pleasure, never a chore. It was nice to see you again. Are you going to have some nice biscuits when you have tea later? Sorry. My, my dad jokes. I, I, I'm not even a dad, but I make so many dad jokes. It's weird. Crazy. Sorry, Hams, mate. That was a bit weird. You got it was, nice it biscuits. was <laughs> nice biscuits because he went to Nice. I'm like, nah, I just, it's just odd. I should, I stopped oh, myself before I got weird. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll edit this and I'll cut this. Sorry, out. Lewis. Fun. Do you do you wear your? I need to wear my my Jimmy Butler jersey when I come when I listen to your NBA podcast. That would be that'd be good fun as well, especially um, after last night. Oof, amazing, oof. Oh, absolutely yeah, amazing. My I, I, I knew there's a reason we went to Miami and I got to get a Jimmy Butler jersey. That that's my guy right there. Oh, um, I've got a Tyler Hero one, but I need to get a Jimmy Buckets one at some point. It's only because you like Jack Harlow. That's why. That's why you got the the Mate, Tyler I think, Hero. I think Tyler Hero might be every white guy's favorite white player maybe <laughs> i could be i could be wrong but yeah he's <laughs> he could be reeves is, reeves is decent this season as well for, for alex caruso man i was gonna say reeves yeah austin reeves mm-hmm. they've, they've been on him austin him reeves is that you <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that guy austin yeah he's, he's been unreal genuinely but yeah it's um yeah it's nice to talk about something that's not football really because i do like a bit of nba nicely done and sonny I'd say my team is Lakers just from old school, but I like I like watching just from the Kobe and the Shaq era, but I do like watching Golden State, Celtics, and then Miami. It always has a, a nice little place in my heart, but I will literally watch anything and everything, especially mm-hmm. when it's... What's your team? Uh, Celts all the way, man. It's been sporting them since uh, 07. Ray oh, John Rondo days. Oh, love that. KG. Yeah, yeah. KG. Sonny, do you have an NBA team? No, I just love the NBA, especially when the playoffs are on. You can't beat it. I mean, like the players they've mentioned, legends. I've got to be fair, I've got so many classic jerseys. I need to show you guys. This, this is just ridiculous. Like, I've got John Stockton jerseys, Larry Bird, old school oh. Steph Curry. Oh, there's loads, man. There's loads. I love it. That's sick. I was late to the party really with NBA. It was it was only really, I'd say, in 2017. I started watching it with like any real regularity, really. It's the same with the NFL. I've only recently got into that in the past mm-hmm. like three years. But yeah, I've, I'm building up a nice collection. I've got a Tatum one. I've got a LeBron one from Miami, which nice. is whatever I'd. Which got, you wore in Miami. Oh shit, yeah, yeah, shit, yeah, I did. 
I've got an AD one, uh, Steph Curry, but yeah, I've got a few on my mind. A few I've got my eye on. I, I really like at the minute uh, Shea Gilligas Alexander. So I oh, need yeah, okay, so at one point, yeah, he's he's going to be a killer. Sani, um, why don't you share with every other event you've got coming up? Hopefully, we've got an event where we could both be going to next month, which would be quite cool as well. What do you, what do you think, Sani? Do you reckon we could get tickets for that? God, I hoped. I had a look at the prices the other day, though. It was just it was extortionate. It's just absolutely extortionate. So still cheaper dream, than Arsenal. Still cheaper than Arsenal tickets. May probably saying. listen. The dream might be off, maybe for now, but there will be a game further down the line, Continental. But no, listen. Thank you so much for having me on again. It was an absolute pleasure. Lovely to meet Lewis and Suki as well. Absolute great right. guys. Hopefully, more people listening to the Friday Night Counter Attack. I know tonight it's a Tuesday night and we might be choosing not gig and press, but listen, you can't beat Friday Night Counter Attack. What an absolute amazing podcast this is. Unbelievable content, unbelievable discussions, and unbelievable guests. So, thank you once again for having me on. Really appreciate it. No, I definitely appreciate it. And it's just good to see everyone, uh, especially after Ramadan as well, which is great. But no, everyone, thank you very much for listening until the end. I really appreciate everyone. Um, supporting us during Ramadan as well which is great to see look forward to seeing you all in person very soon hopefully which will be great um, everyone thank you very much for your time everyone thank you very much for listening do make sure you share this episode with someone who you think they could make a better list than our list as well which we'll be sharing on our social media pages as well have a lovely week ahead enjoy the weekend take care and goodbye